Isn't it nice to know that Ender can do the impossible? Grace Majere, report to the battle room immediately. The players' Grace deaths Majere. have always been sickening. I've always thought the giant's drink was the most perverted part of this whole game. But going for the eye like that. <laughs> this is the one we want to put in command of our fleet? What matters is that he won the game that couldn't be won. <laughs> I suppose you'll move him on now. We were waiting to see how he handled things with Bernard. He handled it perfectly. So soon as he can cope with the situation, move him to one he can't cope with. Doesn't he get any rest? He'll have a month or two, maybe three with his launch group. It's really quite a long time in a child's life. Doesn't it seem to you that these boys aren't children? I look at what they do, the way they talk. They don't seem like little kids. They're the most brilliant children in the world, each in his own way. But shouldn't they still act like children? They're normal. They act like history. Napoleon and Wellington. Caesar and Brutus. We're trying to save the world, not heal wounded hearts. You're too compassionate. General Levy has no pity for anyone. All the videos say so. But don't hurt this boy. Are you joking? I mean, don't hurt him any more than you have to. Recorded in a second floor guest room filled with tall ales and taller tales. Join a group of grown men intent on discussing the intricacies of fantasy and science fiction. Tim Gilbert Media presents. Hello, all you fans of toddlers, psychosocial crises, which result in kindergarten blood sport. This is the Dungeons and Dweebs podcast, episode 15, Ender's Game, part one. I'm your host, Bob. I may have centuries of evolution working against my gender, but my Atari 2600 Star Raider skills should land me a job in the current administration's fight against Putin's Warsaw Pact. Salamander slaughtering Squirrel Skinner the Sixth. But I'm not alone. Across the table from me, he says the best way to take on a bugger is to just freeze your legs in a lotus position and aim through your crotch. But be careful, he'll bust your jaw if you call him a butt wiggler. It's Luke. Jeez. <laughs> yes. Lotus position, great way for a Saturday night, but not. Okay, no, we're not doing that. Um, hey, everybody, welcome back. Uh, it's. Here we are, like, we've been on a binge of sci-fi. We're kind of yeah. topping it off here before we head back to the realm of fantasy. Uh, true. Mm. Yes, yes, quite. <laughs> but hey, let's kick it off. To my left, you know him, you love him, your old Uncle Claude. Greetings, my lovelies. It's May. That lustful time of year where your old Uncle Claude reminisces about watching the young maidens adorned with fresh flowers, grasping ribbons, <laughs> and dancing around the maypole, hoping to ease open the sweet petals of summer. <laughs> A time when we can all quietly try to ease the horror and emptiness that still lives deep within our beings after the long cold winter and the viewing of Avengers Infinity War. The hope that Solo will be okay, that Deadpool 2 will be worthy. Man, I can't wait for those local summer beers. Across the table from me, he's, he's still back. The man that still has no plan. He had to look up the reference to my maypole. <laughs> the Giovanni Ribisi to my Nicolas Cage. The Wong to my Doctor Strait. 
I can't. Paul, just go. I'm still stuck on Infinity War. <laughs> it's okay, man. We're all, Spoilers. We're all there. <laughs> we, we are, we're all there. We're all feeling the pain. But it is enjoyable. Uh, and I'm glad to be back. It's exciting for me to go through Ender's Game. This was a book that when you guys first were talking about the podcast and said you wanted to go sci-fi, I was like, I want to do Ender's Game. If you guys are doing Ender's Game, I want to be for the, here for that one. Right. So, yeah, and so yeah, you you had said this is your baby, Paul. This is the book that you have been championing us doing it, for a long time. It really is. This was one of the books that got me into reading when I was a younger kid. So that is part of, that. It's it's going to be hard for me to go through some of the things that I'm sure you guys are going to point out, and I know. But at the same time, I'm going to go. <laughs> no, up. no, no. I will I will be a denier to the core. Just go with it, man. Yeah, yeah, just, <laughs> right, just right. go with it. Just go with it. So well, uh, I, I think this this table is going to be a lot of fun tonight, yes. uh, dealing with this book. But uh, like Klob uh, said in his intro, it is it is warm around here. It is warm. We are finally out of the deep freeze. Hopefully we won't have any more snowstorms before June here. Uh, exactly. Don't jinx us. But we're all sitting around here in shorts and sandals, just like we were the first time we started this podcast. Hey, what do you say we grab a round, head over to the tavern table, and talk? Uncle Club, <laughs> I think it's your turn. It's my turn, because I'm still drinking Infinity War away. <laughs> <laughs> hey, we don't serve there. Do you have any blue milk? But what am I supposed to find in it? Oh my goodness, it's bigger on the inside. I want to go to Kaki Station and power converters. Okay, okay, it's not a detonator, it's just a jammy dodger. What would it be, boys? Tavern talk. <laughs> All right, well, we're back. We're sitting around the tiki bar. We've got ourselves our uh, fruity drinks. So this is Tavern Talk. If you're new listening to the show, you might be wondering, so for the next 20 minutes to half an hour, why are these guys not talking about the book that uh, I thought I was downloading? Uh, we decided to create Tavern Talk as a way for all of us to sit around, talk about uh, things that we think uh, maybe our audience would be interested in, have this same uh, you know interests we do, and it's just kind of a way for us to get things that we love off our chests and kind of discuss things, and hopefully you find it interesting. Nerd, uh, nerd therapy. Nerd therapy for Something us. Like yeah, a little bit of a bonus for people who are listening live. Well, quote unquote live as the episodes come out because it's generally right. topical, topical to the to the time period yeah. Uh, yeah. that we're in. Yeah, ten years from now, I don't know. Yeah. It'll be a nice time vault for us. There you go. <laughs> yeah. we'll, we'll go back in ten years and go. Hey, you remember when we were talking about that Marvel movie? (laughs) (laughs) And wondering where it would go. We're now in phase 25 of the Marvel franchise. When when in doubt, this is just how we will go back and go, oh yeah, that's what happened in that movie 25 years ago, 35, etc. And we don't don't try to do this, but I would say these usually last about half an hour. It Mm -hmm. seems like we're almost on the mark. 32 to 34 minutes, for some reason, these always are. If iTunes still supported the fast-forwarding chapters thing... the chapter piece. Trend podcast. We would be doing it, but they don't. Thanks, so. Apple. <laughs> Just hit the next button like we, three we, or four times. We still love you, Apple. Please still carry us. <laughs> so, uh, but that being said, uh, Luke, what's new with your nerd month? You know, I'm mildly eventful, uh, as Claude had alluded to. Um, Infinity War came out, um, and I, I kind of missed the. Uh, the friend boat that went and saw that uh, ended up going alone, being the lonely guy in the theater, which I actually I would recommend. 
Yeah. Oh, I definitely, I, I did this a similar thing. I didn't <laughs> go with the friend group. I went with somebody else. But, uh, yeah, just, oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> um, Marvel back at it again with the green screen, green screen switcheroo. Dang it. Well, um, if you go alone, you can uh, cry without anybody seeing you. Oh, I didn't even think. <laughs> I like By it. the way, I think we should throw it out right now, right? Spoiler free. Spoiler free. Yeah. Uh, it's, it's still too fresh of a movie, so we'll go in spoiler free. By the next show, we can probably May, start yeah. spoiling it a yeah. bit. But we'll yeah. probably be talking about Solo or something. Yeah. Uh, anyway, uh, yeah, I, I would I highly recommend. I mean, if you're if you've been watching, it's so cool how long ago this started. Yeah, and like just it all coming together. That that by itself uh, gives it a recommendation. Yeah, I mean, I know there's people that are like. You know, Disney took it over, and there's mm-hmm. lots of feelings about that. But you still have to tip your hat to what uh, an achievement that has been mm-hmm. that they have orchestrated oh, the, all of these the whole movies. MCU. Oh, it's unbelievable, and, and not, this has never happened, and not completely like messed everything up like DC. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and we are not DC haters uh, around here. Uh, DCEU, yeah, yeah, DC movie haters. Yeah, yes. Yes. Yeah. Yes. yeah, not a fan of the movies no, so far, except no. for okay, the live uh, action. I, I do have action. to go back. Some of the to, animated are still are actually still really good. Yeah, Wonder Woman I think was really good, and I won't up until the last ten minutes. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. I agree. There was weird. And I'm sorry to take over um, no, cool. on this one, but yeah, um, I think one of their best has been Wonder Woman. Uh, and when the movie first came out, there was an awful lot of, um, I guess, uh, praise for it, for mm-hmm. being kind of a uh, progressive movie and empowering to girls mm-hmm. and things like that. And well, it was, a, it was a woman superhero movie directed by a woman. Yeah, exactly. And I kind of, you know, I tend to always just throw stones at everything. <laughs> so I kind of we sat... We yeah, we, yeah. So I kind of sat on the sideline and said, okay, yeah, well, it's great, but, you know, how how great really can it be? Or is it getting undue praise because of that? And I'm not going to say Wonder Woman. There's people who say it's, like, the best superhero movie ever. I'm, I'm never going to go there. But sitting and watching it with my girl. I've watched a lot of superhero movies with them, and they like them. They love Spider-Man, um, but man, they went nuts for Wonder Woman, and it was I was kind of sitting there just kind of going like, okay, now I get what the hype is about, you know, I guess maybe being a guy not realizing that girls really haven't had mm-hmm. the representation in comic book movies. Yeah, it's hard it, for us to know. It's hard for us to gauge that, mm-hmm. but, you know, they just lit up play it when they watch that movie and then we're like fighting with each other <laughs> in a good way uh, <laughs> afterwards for a long time so props to Wonder Woman and hope they keep cranking that kind of stuff out yeah so yeah Infinity War I started watching Westworld I'm about mm. yeah, I want to say five episodes in I, I'm enjoying it um very very mysterious right off the bat and I think they're in like their second or third season I'm not oh, sure second, season, second season okay I know that but I don't watch it <laughs> yeah, <what the> <laughs> um, yeah so I got that on my radar right now um, also I, I finally bought The Last Jedi and I've watched it again since seeing it in oh, theaters oh okay mm-hmm. um, how's that going I, what do you think because I have done the same thing so I really feel like those movies are for kids now Mm-hmm. Li- I mean, to a point, most of it. I'm like, you know, Disney got it, and maybe they're doing that to it. But then I, I feel like, you know, like Rogue One and then Solo, all these in-between ones are more geared for what I want. Yeah. But we'll see when Solo comes out. Maybe Rogue One was just kind of when, an off. When does Solo come out? I actually don't this know. Month. This yeah. month. Yeah. 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 This yeah. month. Yeah, we get uh, Infinity Next, uh, War, Solo, and Deadpool 2 all in one month. <laughs> yes. It's well, a great Deadpool movie. Deadpool yeah. 2 came out today, correct? Or Friday. 
Friday? Friday. Maybe Solo's next Friday. As of this recording. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, time stamping it. Yeah. Um, yeah. Sorry, guys. Yeah, really, that's, I, yeah, I, was, I was watching it. Um, I, I've, I always liked the movie. Um, yeah. I'd still like it. Um, There's just some points I was sitting there, I'm like, man, this is kind of for kids. Like, I don't, yeah. maybe a little sad. Maybe it made me feel, made me feel old. I, I don't I, know. Yeah, <laughs> I, I agree. Yeah. I, you know, I think I'll, I'll get into it maybe when we hit up Star Wars because we are. Yeah. I, I guess I'll throw this out there now. Um, I'm super excited because we're getting to Timothy Zahn's trilogy mm, at the end of too. the year, and um, so I was huge as a kid from 15, 14, 15 on in that mm. in that EU, and I don't. I'm not all chapped that they're not abiding by the EU. I have no illusions mm. that they would ever go and remake any of these. You know, that's go your own direction. It's a made up universe. I'll go with whatever. Pull a Fleetwood Mac and go your own way. Yeah, but I think maybe when maybe what's being done sometimes. <laughs> Lindsay Buckingham what? just got <laughs> Lindsay Buckingham just got fired from Fleetwood Mac. <laughs> <laughs> Go your own. That was a slow burn. I was in the that middle of talking and it hit me. I just kind of was like, ooh, you, you went there. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I, I don't know. I feel like some of the stuff they're doing is not maybe as great as okay. as even some of the stuff I had I read as a kid, and that's maybe what I'm irritated by sometimes. But. Maybe. Anyway, that that's that's it for me. I know all of tavern talk. A claw. How was your month then? <laughs> Like like we were talking about Infinity War and just kind of a, I've I've been to Infinity War. My son and I are big into the uh, MCU. Uh, I have not taken him to Infinity War, and we had a conversation about it last last weekend actually, about you can watch it, but it's one of those that we're gonna watch at home. First off, because it's three hours long. Yeah, <laughs> three hours with an eleven-year-old yeah, in a theater is, yeah, yeah, yeah. would be a major issue. Mm. I'm like, yeah. so we'll watch it together when you take bathroom breaks, and also I'm just I know how I was at the end of that, and I know how he's probably going to be just looking at me, go, Dad, <laughs> we're going to do that at home. Yeah. <laughs> and so if I, I would strongly suggest that if you're you know if you're a parent and you know you're someone like Bob and myself mm-hmm. who do a lot of these things with your with your kids. Um, that's one of them that you definitely want to preview and gauge for how your you think your De- kid definitely is going to take Definitely edgier for a yes. superhero movie, too. Yeah. Yeah, a lot it's more... about uh... time. That's my view. Um, yeah. Whoa, 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 about time. I what like... <laughs> I Paul likes dark. I do. I like the darker superhero Dusky. movies. Dusky. Well, I feel, but but I feel like it's not a, an about time I've, thing. That, that, I mean, that's kind of, of how they've been going. There's been a, it has, but at the same point, a lot of the times, and I've, I feel like I have been superhero movied out, and mm. this one, yeah, you've been re, about that. this one, brought me back in. Yeah, wow. it, it made me go. I now want to go back and actually watch the ones I didn't watch. Yeah, it, 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 do, it doesn't follow that. It doesn't follow that I control. It doesn't follow that yeah. Marvel formula. Right, right, right. Yeah, sure. so that, which this, you could start to feel there was a little oh, bit yeah. of feeling. Yeah, this one. They were still in. good. I still think they've all been really good, but they well, do follow a formula. I know. I went. Mm-hmm. I went back and watched Doctor Strange. I had never watched it. It was on Netflix. I, I watched love it. Doctor Strange. And mm-hmm. I liked it because I had the mm-hmm. knowledge from Infinity War. I had mm-hmm. all of that stuff. I had enough knowledge before I went into Infinity War to watch it without being completely lost. Right. But just going and I was getting superheroed out and this one brought me back. This one yeah, that's, that's, makes me want to watch all the old ones now. That, that's mm-hmm. kind of what happened to me like when the first Avengers came out. I'd seen, I was a huge Iron Man movie fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I'd seen all of those. I'm like, oh, well, he's in another movie. I'll go see that. Because like Thor and Cap... I thought at first, I knew nothing about these heroes at yeah. all. Yeah, right. Like Captain America, that sounds dumb. I'm not going to watch that. <laughs> God, you're young. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry. 
Uh, and I'm like, Thor, that sounds dumb. And like, I already knew the Hulk movie sucked. Like, I'm not watching that. Captain America sounds dumb. Thor sounds dumb. I'll stick with Iron Man. I'll see what the rest of these guys bring to the table. Yeah, right. And then I, I loved Avengers, and then I ended up going back and watching Watching it. everything mm-hmm. else. Yeah. Uh, what else? I mean, it's, you know, it's baseball season. I'm, I'm the sports guy. I've been watching been watching a lot of uh, early season baseball as we go through here. I have also in the last month watched all seven seasons of Sons of Anarchy. Oh, you finished it. Which wow. is, <laughs> which again is just uh, awesome and heart-wrenching and brutal as hell. But coming back to, you know, what we do here and a bunch of the stuff that I read ab- about it and that I read afterwards, there's actually a lot of little sci-fi drops in oh, Sons of, really? in, in the Biker series. Mm-hmm. And there's a lot of little, like, you know, re- there's actually a reoccurring character who's very sci-fi. Huh. And just huh. keeps show- There's a homeless woman that just keeps showing up throughout the entire series. Oh, wow. And it's... Uh, but very cool Sons of Anarchy. I tried to play Dark Souls again. I just couldn't get into it. Yeah, it's it. Don't worry. I, about it's it, dated. Man. I just couldn't get it. I mm. I couldn't like the get first into one it. You're yeah. Play? I okay. I I mean, even I don't know any of those. Uh, unpopular opinion here. It's overrated. Yeah. Way overrated. I just, it's it's a very difficult game, and I have props for people who can complete them. But all the games are the same thing. Yeah. I just I wanted the story. I I I wanted to be able to go through the storyline. Okay. And I just felt that at my skill level and my time level, mm. I wasn't able to progress through the storyline. And I'm I'm just to the point where I'm like, screw it. I'm yeah. not gonna try to. I'm not gonna try to fight this guy 85 more million mm. times. Yeah. Uh, so yeah, other than that, just May, man. It's May. We're getting to summer. We're getting to fishing. We're getting to all the summer stuff that's coming out. Like you, um, like was mentioned earlier, within the mo- within this month, we have Deadpool two coming out. We have Solo coming out. Avengers: Infinity War is coming out. It's going to be a busy couple weeks coming mm-hmm. up here. Right, Paul. What have you been up to since the last time we chatted? Well, you know, it's once you get like you guys have been saying, it's May. The sun is out. I can actually <laughs> go outside again. So I've been doing that a lot. Trying to get out, running, rock climbing, stuff like that. But my main nerd thing I've been doing is Terraria. Oh, yeah. Because we're yeah. playing Terraria. Exactly. What? It is a 2-bit, right, or not 2-bit, uh, 16-bit video game side-scroller that Super cool. is really? an amazing, it's like Minecraft, but it, I, it's not the same as Minecraft. I don't know how to, how to describe it other than... It's a great way for me to sit down and play it for an hour or sit down and play it for five hours. So would you recommend listeners to go out and download it? I would if you enjoy those type of games where you can build things and you really have to be self-driven. There are no real quests. There are bosses, Mm -hmm. but you don't really know about them. You kind of have to work your way up and you might get a little warning saying like, the eye has awoken or an eye sees you at night. And then when you go up to the main level... There's a huge eye that tries to kill you. The eye of Cthulhu. The eye of Cthulhu and stuff. Really, and oh, eye yeah, of Cthulhu. Yeah, it's, That's cool. It's all about that stuff, and it is. It's one of is those. Is it an app game then, or what? It is an app game. It's a Xbox game, PS4 maybe, but uh, I play it on uh, computer because that ha- gives yeah, you the, the way most. To go. Yeah. yeah, the computer gives you the most content. The other ones are a little bit more restricted because they can't. Right. And it's called it as Terraria. 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 That's how I say it. Yeah. I don't... Yeah. Terraria. Okay. Yeah. Interesting. So it's it actually is... it's actually going to be what Bob names his next child. Yeah. yeah. And I mean, <laughs> it's 
it's one of those where I know I know a lot of different people that have played it. I have students that talk to me about it. I have uh, people around our age that play it. All sorts of different things like that. It's hmm. it's just one of those where if you can if you want to be creative, be creative. If you want to go adventuring, adventure. You, I love it. So that's been my nerd game lately. Bob, what about you? Well, uh, kind of like you, now that it's gotten nice, there's a lot of outside things to do. So, you know, some of the uh, traditional nerd stuff has been taken down a notch. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I still have my morning read time, and since I'm all caught up on everything I need to be reading for the show, uh, because Solo's coming up, I jump back into reading Star Wars again. I've been on, like, hiatus from reading Star Wars books for quite some time. Since um, since they jumped ship and, and Lucas took over everything and they've kind of reset the EU... Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I read a few of those initial launches. Yeah, yeah, you said something about that Leia book. And man, I thought they were all really bad. Yeah. I know there's probably a lot of fans of them out there, but man, I couldn't get into the Leia book. There was like these dead of, this Dead of Honor book kind of stuff. Mm. They tried to time into the the movies, and because I think they're so their wings are so clipped from being able to say anything because mm-hmm. they don't know what's coming out. They just end up being bowls of oatmeal. Oh, okay. Like they're mm-hmm. they're just not. Great. Um, so I went back, though. Uh, uh, the one trilogy that I had read, and I, I forgot, uh, so I had to read it again, that really focused on Han was something called the Carillion Trilogy. Mm. Uh, it came out uh, kind of around 94, 95 by Roger McBride Allen. Um, and so I was re- rereading through that, starting out with a, uh, what, a... Ambush at Corellia, it's called. It, it's okay. Um, they're not. They're not great. There's. I can't wait to talk about it when we get to our Star Wars podcast about all the stuff that was coming out in the '90s. There was some mm-hmm. great stuff. There was some not so great yeah. stuff. Um, but they're middling. Are they're we, kind bring, of are we gonna bring novels. up those comic books? Oh God. Uh, yeah. Remember when we for a while peeling back the curtain, oh. we had thought our first podcast would be a read an issue of the classic Marvel Star Wars one issue. Um, yeah. for each podcast boy, and review them. Boy, am I glad we moved away from that. <laughs> I, I started reading them like, there is a giant green bunny named Jackson. <laughs> yes, there is. <laughs> are you... Are you serious? I'm serious. serious. He's, he's even on the cover. Like he handed it to me, I'm like, yeah. what? Okay, <laughs> I I still think it's still in the back of my mind is like as a, a great idea, but it would have to be like mi- almost a mystery science theater three thousand. Yeah, because oh, a good idea. Because I've read through some of them. There's decent storylines mm-hmm. in some of those old Marvel comics, but they did not start out with a bang. They start out awful. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, oh, that that first story run is. Is awful. It's like six really? issues where they're with uh, a bunch of like bounty hunters, kind of, and one of them's a green bunny. <laughs> it it is awful. Uh, it's really oh. bad. Even the art is not good. But um, but I we're in tavern talk, and we've got some feedback that we have to deal with. What? Oh yeah, what? for the first time. What? Yeah, we got yeah. So on the Facebooks, and guys, we encourage this all the time. When you listen to a show, if you've got stuff to. Mm-hmm. To say you want to comment Man, on... Man, y'all got beef. You got beef, you got something you want to say, a comment you want to make, yep. uh, supportive, detracting, it doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. Uh, go to our Facebook page, and generally we will have, like, I will post the advertisement for the book. Mm-hmm. You know, just comment under there, whatever you think. And some of the guys that listen to the show, they know how this works. So yes. we Eric, who made a, uh, a comment, he's, uh, he's our resident... Uh, Heavy metal musician, yes. uh, and he said that he's listening now at work. Thanks for the mention because uh, we mentioned him last show. Uh, Time Machine's definitely a classic. Cool uh, that you describe exactly why it's so timeless. And cheers, and yeah, I, boy, Time Machine, our last mm. show. That yeah, that 
that came off as a novel that I think all of us were surprised how oh, yeah. how it held up. Yeah, absolutely. How that was yeah. woof. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Eighteen ninety-five. Um, but Brendan on Facebook comes oh, Brendan, in. Brendan, buddy, it's been a while. It has I, been I a while since back. Like, and okay, this we, is hot pepper challenge. I feel like we keep doing this over and over again, where we're constantly like apologizing, like sorry for not getting things out on time mm-hmm. and everything. But you know, our year is winding down for school. Those of us in the, yes. you know, we're all here work at a school, um, and so things get really hectic, and things just aren't always working out the way we want them to. But uh, Brendan had posted this like three weeks ago. Was it that long? Yes, oh, and man. I kind of always Ouch. wanted to get back and respond to it, but I wanted to sit down and type out a long response and everything, and then finally we're like, let's just do it on the show. And so I hope Brendan hasn't been hanging there going like, oh, these guys never getting back to me. What, did I make a bad comment that they hate? Uh, no, Brendan, we love you. <laughs> I, I ate a habanero pepper for you guys. <laughs> yeah, he's, he's like our best yeah. listener. Yeah, he ate that pe- Yeah, he ate that pepper. Go back and look at that. Um, but... He says, interesting discussion, gentlemen, on the time machine. Mm-hmm. My question for you is how did the Eloy mentally regress so much? Wouldn't the threat of the Morlocks have kept their minds sharp? And man, I, uh, I went back listening to the show. This is something that I thought about, too. I, I think I know you... I think I, I might, think you did too, Paul. I think mm-hmm. I might have thought about it, but I don't know if we mentioned. We it never the talked about it on the show, but it is true. Um, the Eloy, which for those of you who haven't listened, or for those of you who didn't or forgot, they were the race of people that he met in the future that had become decadent mm-hmm. and and you know had regressed, um, kind of proto hippies <laughs> in a way. <laughs> but he's saying so. So why did they regress so much if they are under constant threat? And it's true, like mm-hmm. Darwinian. Evolution. They, they wouldn't have there been should under... be constant social pressure against them, right? Um, I don't think so, just because of how slow evolution happens. Okay. Um, you know, that by the time there was a tipping point, like they weren't aware of it until like until the Morlocks are like, wait a minute, right. we're stronger than you now, right. because they're down there working their butts off all the time while the Eloy are just up top uh, humping right. and getting fat. <laughs> Well, I mean, that's about right. As I, fat I, as you can get on well, the four but foot I, frame. But see, yeah. I don't know because according to the novel, though, I mean, the uh, there is no old people. So the the Morlocks are taking at, at a the, huge the, segment of the population. That's huge pressure. At right? the point in time that the time travelers there, there are no old people. Right. Yeah, well, and I think it's all, when does this happen? Like, did they go for a long time where they were still able to maintain that's control the, that's the only, over that's the, the only Morlocks? way it makes sense to me. And, yeah. And in my mind, I just kind of think of the, as... They're just cattle. I mean, cows nowadays, they'll mm-hmm. let them roam around in a big field, but eventually... Even though there's constant predation yeah, against yeah, them. Yeah, they are constantly being killed, but right. they are still just very docile and, and hang out. And the idea of the culling of the herd and the taking, you know, right. you, you take the experienced people, and, evident, and eventually when you keep taking the experienced people, I think that... The inexperienced people don't have anybody to learn from. Right. Yeah. yeah that's yeah, good. I, that's I, good. That's I, good. I, well, and I guess you could say that whatever happened in this, in the prehistory, in the eight hundred thousand years, that, yeah. that they that the Eloy had progressed to such a stage of decadence that really they could have been taken over by the Morlocks, but the Morlocks at some point came over and started farming them mm-hmm. and keeping them placated. So there isn't actually selective pressure against them. And you know what? Because the young are still able to breed. 
they're stay, still able to you know procreate. Yeah. It's just the old that are culled, uh, and they're kept in this perfect state. So there isn't necessarily selective pressure against them. That's you know. Uh, selecting for genes of intelligence or for progress mm -hmm. because yeah. they're being kept in a utopia. And you know what, Brendan? Let us know what you think. I mean, add your opinion into this discussion. I know it's been three weeks. But, <laughs> yeah. You know, oh, he'll, I know, I know, all Brendan. He'll he'll come back on the Facebook, but he's got one more for us. This is this is a disagreement now. So, let, ooh, I like that. What do you think about this? I also have to disagree with the idea that seeing the Earth dying makes human civilization ultimately meaningless. After all, while we get to see the ultimate fate of the Earth, we don't get to see the ultimate fate of humanity. So for all we know, the Morlocks, or even the Eloi, may have eventually gotten it together by 30 million A.D., mm -hmm. might well be ruling over some transgalactic federation from Coruscant. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Or, Perfect. E or even evolved beyond physical bodies altogether. Ooh, that now now we're getting somewhere. Yeah, I you know. Yeah, I like he, that. He makes a valid point because eventually the Earth will run out, and you have to go yeah. somewhere else. And did so we leave? Did, did the Eloi and the Morlocks yeah. get it together? And did uh, you know? Yeah, there's a, there's enough time there to fully evolve into something else. Right, They've right. evolved into this. There's a time frame right. there, especially after the disruption. Yeah. The, of the time traveler being there that maybe that could have been a butterfly effect somewhere into something in the right, future. Right. So I will right. I will agree with that. I think one of the points, because I think I was the one that made this point as we yeah, were going on yeah, the, here. The context here is kind of lost. I mean, I don't remember. Yeah, when he travels into the future and watches the future die and the crabs come out and the little spongy things come out. And, and <laughs> what? <laughs> yeah, the, the football's rolling around with its tentacles. Yes. <laughs> the mutant urchin. <laughs> yeah. Mm -hmm. um, What's up with the urchin? Brendan, turn your quizzical gaze on the urchin. What's up with the <laughs> urchin? <laughs> <laughs> that that I think it really he does have a valid point. The, yes. I, the point that I was going more for, it, or I was trying to make, is this idea of we're part of it, yeah. and we are part of it, but we're not the major source of the Earth. The Earth is bigger than the human race actually is. Right, and I think if you go with, I think what H.G. Wells was trying to make a point about, that's what he's in trying to say. Yes. In the 1800s, if you're looking at what, what, what was the novel trying to make a statement about, it's that, yeah, we're talking about these socio-political struggles, but in the end, he, he pulled us out of all of the minutia of societal struggle and says, okay, but there's this overarching deep time that's marching Correct. forward. And you, were the, and, yeah. and you, Bob, were the one that brought up... Um, the idea too that 1800s England thought they were the pinnacle yeah, of human evolution. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right, right. So I, I think what H.G. Wells was trying to say was kind of more in line with what we ended up saying about it. But I agree with Brendan that there's always a there's possibility. There's always a man. possibility of whatever. And it doesn't necessarily mean that just the fact that there was a civilization of humanity that was able to, you know, uh, know itself. I guess you could see it as a triumph. And so it doesn't necessarily mean that all is in vain or that civilization is meaningless. For a brief moment, anyway, the universe was conscious. And if you blow it up, you know, if you blow it up even bigger too, that is how civilization ended up on the British Isle 
Yeah. At that point, you know, there are, were humans otherwhere. Maybe there's, maybe there's, you know, the Musk space station that's still, <laughs> that's still off in Russia somewhere. Up, that's not on the island. That's true. Because he never yeah, left the know, island. Yeah, it's true. true. It's true. Yeah. You don't know. Yeah, he stayed in one spot. Yeah, yeah. This is just the, the fate of England. Mm-hmm. Yeah. This is what we know. Yeah. <laughs> you know, America's fine. Right. Uh, but it's, it's just a nature preserve over yeah. there. They just kind of let it be as a nature preserve. All right. Good luck over there. It's we'll just be fine. Eloy and antelope running free. Right. <laughs> I don't know. The humans got weird. <laughs> but fantastic comments. Uh, thank you guys for those and keep, keep them coming. Uh, you know, we would love to turn Tavern Talk into over half just answering comments and, yeah, and yeah, things definitely. like that. So for sure, for sure, keep that up. We we know how many of you are listening. That is not translating into how many people yeah. are talking to us. So. They just all agree with us. That's yeah. All. <laughs> oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, hey, thanks. Uh, and, and it's... We're gonna, you're gonna start getting more episodes now. You know, we we were we on keep spring, saying it, but it we were on spring break. We came back and we did a one episode book, which is the f- a first in Dungeons. Or no, no, because uh, do Androids Dream of Electric Sheep was our first one. Yeah, well, yeah, well, we've well. had short books. We had a spring break. We're we're back now. Yeah, hi guys. <laughs> Wait, why don't we freshen up these drinks? And jump right into this book. All right, well, I'll tell you what. I got the last one. Paul, why don't you wet your palate so that we can actually uh, get a summary going? All right. Let's go. <laughs> you know Tashi Station? I'm a leaf on the wind. I'm a freaking fight for that. I'm a leaf. You're too Waiting around for that Skywalker kid to come pick up the power computers. We got downloads in 20 systems. I pull up a chair, friend. So here we are, ready to jump on in to Ender's Game Yeah. by Orson Scott Card. So, Paul. Yeah. This is kind of your baby. Uh, oh, yeah. Let's, how'd you find this book? What's going on? Uh, I honestly have no idea how I found yeah. this book. As a, <laughs> as a kid, I would hated reading. I will always admit that. I was not one of those kids you would see always with a book in his hand. I was one of those kids who you said, here, read this, and I'd go... Screw you, no. Right, right. So I hated reading as a kid, and it was Harry Potter and this book. Harry Potter got me into the fantasy books. Okay. This book got me into the sci-fi, sci-fi books. world. Okay. It was, it was one of those where, I mean, I'm sure my parents or somebody just found it and said, well, you can't read this book. Basically, <laughs> they said, you know, maybe this will be a good book for you, see if you like it, and I did, and then whenever anything that came out after it, any expansion, any mm-hmm. sequels, anything, uh came out i got it and i so read you, through so it. you've read all of these all of them yes oh, wow. except for so, okay. some of the br- newer i think like as of 2014 i'm kind of off i haven't they're still coming out they're like it's it's in the same universe oh, okay, in the same okay, world okay. but they're you know it's same author he, he kind of went where didn't he go where I, i'm not sure i know he had a stroke i believe uh, a mild one in 2011 i think it was and uh, it kind of maybe slowed down his output, but I'm not sure. Um, but I know in an interview that I read, he had had all these plans for upcoming novels. So I don't know where he sat. I have not looked into the universe as far as how many books there are. But there's some major books, right? Like, so people who are listening to the podcast who liked Ender's Game, this is part of a quartet, right? Yes. yes. Right? Or, or quin- yep. quintet or whatever. I don't know. There's four of them. There's, there's four of them. Okay. That's, that's all I know. Quartet. We'll go with the quartet. Yeah, quartet. <laughs> and then it after that quartet, it jumps to another character and stops following 
Ender. He eventually goes back mm-hmm. to Ender in yeah. a there after, I think, oh boy, like four or five books. Right. And we can get to that as we get yeah. to the end of the, and you know, where this goes yeah. from there. We can yeah. talk about all the other books and yeah, the iterations. I, I really, I, I'd never read this book. I knew a movie came out by this name um, at a point <laughs> in time when it didn't interest me. Right. So I, I, I remember I watching the movie. the movie and it not making a big uh, you know, kind of impact on mm-hmm. me. Yeah, so it was, it was 2013 that the movie came out. Right. And it actually had Harrison Ford in it. It had oh, yeah. right. That's right. a bunch of kids who have since become more famous. Right. Um, since then at that well, point. And that's why it was on my radar screen was because Harrison Ford was in it. Yeah. I'm like, Harrison Ford in a in sci-fi a space movie? movie. Yeah, yeah, man, I'm going to see Hot dog. Han <laughs> uh, Solo's back. <laughs> hey. Yeah, he was not Han ha- Han Solo in that movie. <laughs> well, and, and it came out, and there was a whole thing with uh, that I read about too with Orson Scott Card, where Orson Scott Card had actually penned a screenplay for this in '96. Yeah, they didn't use it for the movie, yeah. but they gave him a producing credit, and then he came out with some um, anti-gay, anti-Semitic stuff, and then so it was that was a big that was one of the big reasons why that the movie caught a little didn't. whiff of the anti-Semitism in yeah. this book. Yeah, that was one. Of, that was yeah, one of the reasons. You know, that was one of the reasons why the movie didn't do well in 2013. Is it actually got protested by a lot of LGBT groups? It got it got protested, things. but I'm gonna back. That, I'm gonna back that. us up off of that a little bit before we immediately get mired in the controversy of it. I, I having read a bunch of interviews of him, I don't know about the anti-Semitic stuff. I don't know if mm-hmm. that is a, something that he was getting leveled against him. Uh, although there is stuff in the book that you could read that way, but definitely the stuff uh, against the LGBT community okay. uh, is something. But he rides a weird line. Orson Scott Card himself is a very complex man, and having read um, a lot of interviews and his thoughts, um, he does not fall neatly into any box. Uh, no, pol- politically, no, not at all, whatsoever. So, although uh, he is a Mormon, I guess we could, should say it right yeah. off the bat, he is a Mormon, he went to Brigham Young University, um, he started like this little play academy or something like that, where he was like uh, writing plays or adapting plays mm-hmm. or something like that, um, and then he started writing books, got picked up uh, by uh, this magazine called Analog, okay. uh, where they printed um, uh, the first version of Ender's Game. So there's an oh, earlier yeah, version yeah. of Ender's Game, which we'll get to in just a little bit. Um, but I think being Mormon, uh, he labels himself cons- uh, like morally conservative. So he's a conservative on those kind of issues. Uh, and so I think from what I gleaned, his stance is that he was against, like, say, gay marriage, but didn't think the government should interfere in any way okay. with it. Um but then, like, politically speaking, he sees himself as a communitarian, uh, more on the socialist communist bent. Uh, he, which, he had, de- which definitely comes out in the book. Which definitely comes out in the book. He, he, he has been a registered Democrat his entire life, yet voted for Newt Gingrich. <laughs> like, like, this guy okay. fails to fall into any kind yeah. of neat political uh, box uh, of, of any kind. And I think maybe that's what has allowed... Um, him to continue. A lot of times we see if somebody comes out, like say a, a movie or, or makes anti um, statements against a group, maybe all of their work gets you know kind of destroyed yeah. or pigeonholed. And his has still kind of been able to float there. I think it's because he doesn't fit into a box. And okay. you know, you, there's things that are offensive and things not offensive, but he's he's really out there. He even wrote some sort of weird treatise or a story on how like Obama 
and his wife took over the United States. And Wait, what? Yeah, what? <laughs> I don't hold know. On, hold on a second. That was at the end of a Wikipedia entry that I was reading, so take it for what it, it's <laughs> worth. But I'm like, wow, this this is this is weird. But I, I find him fascinating uh, as a. Um, as an author, because he doesn't fall neatly well, into a box. And a lot of things that I thought I was reading into this book uh, probably aren't true now that I was, and I got the behind the scenes. I know we it. were talking about it, and we'll probably talk about it later on, about the movie and the book. There is no way that a book, this book, could be put into a movie without changing things, because it would be a very boring movie. Right. In our mind. You know, because it's... Most of it's through Ender's uh, mind. Yeah, most of it's through his mind. It's almost all just training. Yeah. (laughs) True. It'd be a Rocky training (laughs) montage. I stole that from you. Yeah, yeah, just like a Rocky training montage with just a fight of Apollo, Anton, Creed in the last two minutes. Yeah. 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 And that'd be it. So they had to change some things for the movie. Mm -hmm. And to my understanding from a... When I, I read an interview with Orson Scott Card, and then I didn't further look this up, but it looks like he went through three draft or six drafts of this script that they that he he scripted it and changed it and scripted it and changed it, and he finally said like I'm sick of Ender. I don't know how much of it they used for the movie. Um, I, there is there are notes on IMDb that talk about the fact that he has a producing credit on the movie, uh-huh. but he does not have a screenwriting credit. Really, because it's really not his draft. Yeah, because okay. okay, because I know he talks about having gone through six versions of it and to get it right, and maybe this was before it finally produced, and there, and then he went and watched the movie and went like, oh man, yeah, because yeah. yeah. the movie came out in two thousand thirteen. Yeah, um, IMDb talks about him draft, him having drafts and beginning drafts and going through the process in ninety six. Wow. Well, wow. the 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 thing that Yikes. I had, had was was from the thousands. It was right as the movie was coming out. So I don't know. What yeah, the, he. But it was rewritten. That. It's not the movie is not his draft. Oh, okay. Okay, that that yeah explains. Some and that's things and that's why he ended up with. Just According to IMDb, credit. maybe there'll be controversy over this. According okay, to so IMDb, if, if it's not his draft, maybe he's walking away from it. <laughs> if one of the listeners <laughs> he watched knows. it, said, "Don't put credit to me yeah. on that one." If a listener knows, send us a message. But I'm not saying that I hate the movie. I remember watching it. I can't remember anything about the movie. So until going back mm-hmm. to it, I I have no opinion right now of I whether will, the movie is faithful or not. I will not give my opinion. <laughs> I think that should be enough. Well, I mean, you know, we've definitely covered a lot of bases about the book, so why don't we just talk about the book? <laughs> uh, and Paul, I believe you came up with our summary this time. I have the summary this time. Yes. Let's hear it. Oh, yeah. Ender's Game. Orson Scott Card. Tour Books, 1985. Ender is but five years old when his monitor is taken out. Monitor given to him by the military to see if he's a candidate for their school. A school that is there to train the next military leaders against the evil threat of the buggers, aliens that have tried to invade twice. All prospective candidates to this school must wear the monitor for an extended period of time, and when it is taken off, it shows that they're not needed for the fight. Ender is the third person in his family to wear a monitor. His brother, Peter, and sister, Valentine, were both not selected for various reasons. Peter hates Ender because he had his monitor longer. Ender then meets Colonel Graff, who gives him the option of going to battle school. A school that was designed for those military candidates. Ender must leave behind his family to go save the world. Battle school is a space station in Earth's orbit. On his way to battle school, Ender encounters another bully. 
who he promptly throws across the shuttle, learning a little bit about no gravity. Bender can see he's being isolated again by his instructors. By learning how to navigate in no gravity, he becomes friends with another recruit named Ali and slowly begins to fit in with the rest of the group. Bender is noticed because of how he handles himself with the isolation and a mind game that was designed to show the prospective military commanders. Ender is the first one of his launch group to be promoted to an army, Salamander Army, where he is told he's not wanted, once again isolated by a commanding officer. He does find a friend, though, in the only girl in the army, Petra. After disobeying orders by Bonzo Madrid not to fire in the battle room, he is traded to Rat Army after being requested by a platoon leader, Dirk Meekers. He learns more in this army and works harder than before, but continues to teach other launchies as he head while he's in Salamander Army. Once again, Ender must defend himself against a group of older soldiers, students some might call them, and he is certain that the teachers will not be there to help him. He must always fend for himself. Back on Earth, Peter and Valentine don't show any signs that they are troubled, beyond the fact that Peter is skinning squirrels alive and Valentine is starting random fires for different reasons. Peter has decided Peter has decided that he wants to rule the world and with Valentine's help, they get access to the nets, basically a futuristic internet, and start to build up adult personalities. All the while, Ender is up in space, now in the command under the command of Petra in Phoenix Army. Even though he has advanced, advanced to the ranks, Ender is depressed and stuck in a specific spot in the computer mind game. To help him advance, Graf contacts Valentine and lets her send Ender a letter, the only letter, which, he, which helps him get past the part of the mind game and his depression. Now with some sense of purpose, Ender is promoted to command Dragon Army, which is filled with a bunch of launches and rejects from other armies. If that's not enough, Ender is put into a rigorous battle schedule where the teachers, led by Anderson, make sure to challenge Ender in every way they can think of. Ender, however, remains undefeated in the battle room. Ender, however, remains undefeated in the battle room. That's not the only challenge he faces, though. After humiliating Bonzo, Bonzo gets a group of boys to attack Ender in the showers. Ender convinces Bonzo to one-on-one -on -one combat and once again is forced to brutalize another kid. Ender is forced to fight one more battle the same day he had his brawl with Bonzo, and he wins and is promoted from battle school to command school. Graf once again makes an appearance to talk to Valentine. This time, instead of asking for a letter, he brings Valentine to Ender, who is at a home on a lake. Valentine convinces Ender to continue on with his training. Ender is brought to Eros, a small rock that the buggers used to control. Here, he is introduced to Mazer, the hero who saved Earth from the buggers' second invasion. Ender has run through many different simulations where he controls an entire fleet. Ender learns about the buggers more and begins to understand how they think and how they might react. He is then given a new training simulation, this time controlled by Mazer, who designed it to seem like the humans invading the bugger worlds. During the downtime between battles, Ender is slowly breaking down. He is having mysterious dreams or nightmares about the buggers. On his test day, he is set up with insurmountable odds, and once again, with officers from all different areas watching, he wins. It is then that he is told the war is over.
He has just commanded the human invasion of bugger-controlled space and won. With this knowledge, he promptly passes out. With the war over, Ender has nothing to do but watch what they decide to do with him. His brother Peter now basically controls Earth, and that is when Valentine comes, comes to Ender on Eros. She convinces him to go with her on a colony ship to one of the bugger worlds. On the new world, Ender discovers something similar to the place of the mind game. After traveling through all the areas, he discovers a cocooned queen, which he can mysteriously communicate with. He sees that the buggers learned from their mistakes and didn't want to fight anymore, but could see their eventual destruction by Ender. So they place this queen here to ensure their survival. Ender writes another story as a speaker for the dead and makes his goal to find a home for the buggers. So, wow, again, another slightly short book where a lot happens. Yeah, so the plot synopsis ends up being long. Yo, Joe. <laughs> yeah, I, was, I, I will be very honest, I was writing that and going, how can I skim this down without leaving out major parts? And right. it was hard for me. Right. So I obviously right. didn't. Yeah. <laughs> uh, gifted kid, train, 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 train. Kills the buggers. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I could have, but I feel like... Uh, has some, has some weird family issues going on. Uh, gets taken by an older mentor. Leaves his family behind. Gets taken by a mentor. Blows up the bugger Death Star. <laughs> yeah, 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 there we go. There we go, there we go. There we go. There we go. Hey, but let's, let's get to it. First of all... Uh, there's many versions of, or, or a few versions of Ender's Game, a yeah. couple. So Ender's Game was originally uh, published in the science fiction pulp, I guess you call it, Analog Magazine, Okay. in August of 1977, and it's about, you know, I don't know, 30-some pages long, but it is like the stripped-down version of this. So if you uh, have read this book, I would say this starts what... Uh, Paul, it starts in probably uh, chapter 10, Dragon, and goes through to the end there with a lot of stuff cut out. Absolutely. Uh, and it, and it, is, it is Dragon and just the bare bones. The bare, the bare bones okay. of it. But it is, it is good. Uh, names are different, except for Bean, I think, is one of the only Bean, ones. Graf, Graf Mazer. Graf, is, Graf Mazer, Anderson are all there, I think, but they're not the same yeah. ranks. His, yeah, his friends like Petra and stuff are not there. And very much like we talked about when we did do Android's Dream of Electric Sheep, that kind of 50s, 60s, into the 70s, yeah. that came from a lot of these novels. A lot of these novels were originally short story ideas or right. smaller ideas that were published in magazines that, like Analog. Yeah, yeah. So he, he publishes it. The other big glaring difference, uh, at least the one that sticks out to me, is this does not take place in space at the beginning. Most of the training in Zero-G is all on Earth. Yeah, that hmm. one, when I was reading through that, because you gave me that today, I didn't finish it today, but it yeah. was... I saw them when they're talking about going to a park. Yeah. What? Right. You know. Yeah. It's only afterwards that they bring them up into space, and, and, and the same things that happen in the the novel. Uh, but the other difference is the buggers are never called buggers. You don't even know what they're fighting. Just that they were attacked okay. by a race. Uh, you don't know what they are. I mean, they could be humans, bugs, whatever. ETs. Thingers. Uh, yeah, they're just thingers. Thingers. Um, yeah, but uh, very interesting, uh, but then jump forward, I mean, I guess the 80s, at least in one of the interviews I had read, it's that the 80s kind of were hard for publishing, the early 80s, mm -hmm. was very difficult for sci-fi publishing, there was kind of a bit of a recession, it hit him hard, and then, uh, like, I guess a godsend, he got, I think, the green light by Tor, 
to publish uh, Ender's Game, and so he expanded it uh, on both sides and, and made it into the novel, introduced the family dynamics and the brother and the sister and all of this kind of stuff. The big change that I would bring out that we will be talking about, I think, here in just a little bit, in the original Ender is Eleven, um, when he rewrote it and expanded it, we start out with Ender when he is six. And in the original, I get the feeling that Ender has never seen a family. He has grown up okay. his entire life training. Okay. Um, I, I could see that when, when I was yeah. reading through that. Maybe he had the family when he was really young, but nothing. Right. There, there is no... Honestly, in what, in what I read from your book, there's not much personality to Ender. There's no. You don't get much personality out of any of the characters. Right. It is straight, right. here's the story. The other thing that I think that at least I got out of reading it is that there's not all the pathos that you get with Ender's Game, the, the large novel. You, uh, he's accepted by everybody at the school. When okay. he keeps winning, everybody's like clapping him on the back and cheering for him in the lunchroom mm -hmm. and all that kind of stuff. You don't get this uh, isolated kid who's getting beat down by everybody all the time. It's definitely more of a like, hey, Ender's the best, and he's going to really take it to those guys, and it's going to be fantastic. You don't, okay. yeah, The character, I think, uh, is wildly different. It doesn't have that dark, brooding... Yeah, uh, yeah, they, yeah, they don't have... Put the, upon. It, it yep. doesn't have any of those kind of feelings. So, bring it up to the book we finally uh, are reading now. This also has been edited... We can give, maybe get to them when we I kind of got that. I know I got uh, on mine, I got this little badge, the def the author's definitive edition. Yeah, he has changed some things along the way. I don't have an exhaustive list of all things, but uh, some of the things for maybe, I, I guess, you know, more political reasons, uh, there was the N-word mm -hmm. in the original uh, publication, uh, including the and derogatory words maybe uh, towards Asian people. Um, but we'll get to there maybe when we get there mm -hmm. with the chapter because yeah. i got things to say uh, about that. Cool. Yeah. So let's uh, start us off, though, with uh, Ender's Game Proper by Orson Scott Card. Chapter 1, 3rd. What? <laughs> so why 3rd? Why, why why, what's the big deal here? I just kind of give some sort of like preface to my point of view on this. I, I listened to an audiobook, um, signed up for a particular uh, audiobook service online. You get your first book free. Thought I'd take advantage of it and see how it went. So do you recommend the audio version? Like, do you think they did a good job? Not Regardless of how you feel about the book, was it done well? Um, yes. I think you can the, say the, what the, audio service you went through. We did not get no. no money from anybody. Exactly, and that's why I'm not saying. <laughs> um, it's no, one no. every other podcast advertises. Yeah, yeah. Uh, actually, it, it did, I think it did a fine job. I wasn't a fan of the the uh, lady who was on there reading for uh, Valentine's parts. Hey, misogynistic? Or... No, no, I just, I just didn't like. <laughs> she, and she was, it was like, like oddly, like sexual. Like she was oh, very right. breathy, and I'm like, this is a kid. Like our intro. <laughs> oh, so the audio book, <laughs> the audio book actually had different people reading yeah, different characters. Yeah, depending on okay. the chapter, there'd be somebody else reading. Um, well, there's another part here that involves a bat talking. We'll, we'll get to it. Um, but yeah, that is, I, I actually, I, I read very little of the actual book. I'm just going off of the audiobook here. We're going off the audio. A little experiment. Nice, nice. Cool. So chapter one third. Right. So Jumping in. we are introduced to Andrew Wiggins, who is called Ender. And why is he, uh, let's start off a bit, let's go free form in this chapter. Mm -hmm. Why is he called Ender? Uh, and and, and I not don't, Andrew. I don't think that's in this chapter. It's but not, but let's it just is, talk about, we'll not free in this it. Chapter, yeah, he it likes is. that name. It, yeah. He does. It's later on. It's something Re Valentine. It's Valentine. revealed. Valentine called him that later on in another book. Yeah. I'm going to say I will be using a lot of my information yeah. from other books. 
Just a heads up. That's fine. Yeah. And it, it doesn't is, matter. We can bring up stuff that no, we and know. Sometimes that helps to fill in the gaps, is, too, especially when we're doing a one-off like this. It's, it's a nickname. It's a nickname for him. He, she could, she, when she was young, she couldn't say Andrew. Yeah. So she so said Andrew. Enda. Yeah, instead oh. of Andrew. So, yeah, it's like how little siblings do that. And But we find out we're, we're thrown right into this world, and uh, I, I'm intrigued right off the bat. Uh, we, we learn all kinds of stuff about how he's got this monitor on him. Mm. Uh, we get a glimpse, I think it's in this first chapter right away, that this world does not allow you to have as many children as you want. Yeah. Yeah, There's stipulations. You can only have two because it's mm-hmm. rare that he's the third. That's why the chapter is called Third. Yes. He is the third born. And the way it starts off is we don't start off here with the main character. No, no. We start off oh, yeah, with... Sattler uh, and Waldorf. Which, which threw me for a loop at the beginning because going through the first chapter, I'm like, but where, where's Ender? Yeah. Because mm-hmm. I'd forgotten, because I've read this a couple times, and I'd forgotten that it starts off yeah. with Anderson and Graf. Yeah, mm-hmm. right. And so going through the first chapter, it does take a little bit to push through that first chapter, I think, to be like, what is going on? Well, and these are going to continue throughout the whole book. And I actually kind of like this. For a long time, we don't know who these characters are. They are nameless voices Mm -hmm. that just keep talking about Ender. Um, And so it creates, I think, this great atmosphere where you know you have these omnipotent voices, like it's like yeah. it's the Kryptonian Council. Exactly. <laughs> yes. Yes. And they're talking about the main character, but aren't having effect yet on his life story. Yeah. And the only thing really that you can tell it's somebody different or it's something is just it's a bold text. Mm-hmm. That's right. it. It's just something simple like that, and I like that. Yeah, I, I, I really like that. Well, yeah. And in most was... in most versions, and you would not have picked this up. Nope. Doing the audiobook in most versions. This first chapter is in a different font than the rest of the yeah, book. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, the opening. The opening is in a di- is font. Yeah. I mean, when whenever those characters talk, it's a different font, um, which which I think is is pretty neat. But Ender himself is like uh, a Goldilocks character, um, where his brother was too hot, his sister was too cold. He's just right. Wow. <laughs> <laughs> oh. Okay. <Nice. laughs> well, it's true. His brother. We'll get to it. His brother is hot blooded. Oh. Oh yeah! Right and oh, murderous yeah. Uh, and and horrible in Just a lot of ways. Slightly murderous. Sister is the soft one, uh, like too compassionate. Too compassionate. Uh, whereas he is the perfect mix, and we are kind of. And this is never brought out explicitly, unless I missed something. Are we led to believe that he is in some way, the parents, Ender's parents, have some sort of perfect mix of genes, where or, or are they being genetically manipulated so that they're producing these really high functioning kids? And Ender is the perfect one that everybody's watched. They were allowed to have a third. Yeah, it in it later on in other books they do talk about it more in depth, but here okay. all they do is just say that they wanted more. His parents are very smart. Yes. Yes, that that was their main Which thing. Which you wouldn't they, know it from this narrative because they no. seem stupid. But again, <laughs> we're looking we're looking no, through the eyes of a six year old. Of a kid. Of right. A, yes. We're looking through the eyes of the hyper intelligent, you know. Wesley Crusher, six-year-old, looking, going, my parents are idiots. Exactly. All of us probably thought our parents were idiots at some point in our life. These kids just tend to have it earlier than we do. And they're they're allowed to have this third kid because both Valentine and Peter were so close to what the military was. Right, right. But not perfect. But not quite there. So so we have this world where they can only have two kids, but they have been given an exception to have a third, and there is the third. Um, but right away we have problems at school. Oh yeah. 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 Well, he, well, he gets, his, gets his monitor out and then he goes back to school, right? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, it, in my mind, for some reason, 
He was just in school, and they just pulled the monitor out at That's school. That's what I got, is that he was at school, okay. they, they pulled the monitor out at school. Yeah, just reason. because, I mean, I feel like if they have that for all of the kids there... Oh, you're they, right. They yeah, would, yeah. If, if most kids have to have it anyway, have to have a monitor at some point, they'll just get yanked out at school. So, uh, then we get our first character who's going to get killed, uh, and I think we can be freeform about we, this. We don't know that he's killed right oh, off the bat, I know this. and I like that. Uh, yeah, it's true, but we don't know that Stilson's going to bite it, but this kid comes up, starts picking on Ender, uh, tries to beat him up, and Ender kicks him in the, we're told, the sternum, the ribs, the crotch, and the face. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he, he brutalizes the kid. Six-year-old boy. So, okay, we'll get to that. So, I like the fact that his name is Ender, mm-hmm. and throughout this book, we find that he he ends the conflict. Like, he over he will overplay his hand until he ends it, mm-hmm. right? I, he I'll ends be, whatever conflict. I'll be 100% honest, I did not realize that until just until yeah. you just mentioned it. <laughs> yeah, he, he, is the, he is the Ender. But, okay, we have to, in Chapter 1, yep. Luke, talk about Go this kid it. is six years old. Yep. And he just, he doesn't know it, and we won't know it for chapters yet, but he just killed another kid. Yep. yep. Uh, what are your thoughts on this kid being six? Just on the surface, Yeah. I, I don't like that I'm reading a book about kids. <laughs> I just, I'm 28. Right. I don't, I, I work with kids, I see kids <laughs> all day, I love kids, Right. but I don't want them in my free time. Right. If I'm gonna be honest, so I'm gonna, um, I'm gonna take it's it. immediately making me go. Uh, I've seen six-year-olds with anger issues. Yeah, I, I mean it's perfectly viable that yeah. the kid would kick another kid when he's down. I can oh, see yeah. him kicking another kid. Um, I boy, and we'll get into other things Ender does. I mean, again, if we're gonna be able to talk about the entire, no, I, I agree. Let's go freeform. Yeah. Let's, so, so we will have Ender end up being at, still at six years old in the shuttle uh, mm-hmm. to the training area. He will break a kid's arm and flip him over a seat, uh, a kid that's picking on him, and all of that kind of stuff. Um, this book sent me into, like, I'm going to go mine the YouTubes and look up incredibly smart six-year-olds mm-hmm. and uh, kung fu kids at six years old and what they look like. The physical violence, I would have to say, I've seen now on YouTube some kids that are six years old that are, like, kung fu artists that I will buy... That if you're, if I'm gonna go with their genetically, in some ways superior or been modified or whatever, I can take maybe this physical violence. What I can take is the way throughout this entire book they talk to each other, mm-hmm. because having worked with six-year-olds, even when you look up the most incredibly smart six-year-olds that are on this planet today. They do not talk like this. At least at times, their childlikeness comes through. Oh, yeah. And they never sound childlike in this. And I think that's... Besides but- Butt Wiggler. <laughs> it's the only time that it sounds like a child is talking. But uh, to defend it, too, I think that is part of it where it talks about these aren't kids. Yes, well, that's what he says. Yes, yeah. he's six years old, but the, none of these kids have ever been children. Mm-hmm. Yeah, right. they, were, they were children for about five years, if that. Once they right. stopped pooping on themselves, right. they were learning advanced calculus, and they never really had that childhood aspect. Right. And that's why I think some of these things, like the bullying, that illustrates the childlike behavior. Yeah, and that's true. And same with his retaliation to like when or the immaturity, was, right. the immaturity, right. the butt wiggler, that type of thing. Right. When somebody is calling somebody else a butt wiggler, your response is, "Hey, look, they're looking at your butt." <laughs> yeah. 
you know, that and there's definitely thing. juvenile stuff that will come up. The kid with the desk laptop on himself, where he's got genitalia on it and everything. It comes out as being kids. Here's, but to me, the original version of Ender's Game, he was 11. To me, you start off at 11. I don't understand what this is a made-up universe. So. Yep. Orson Scott Card, why did you go back and just say, I'm gonna, like, it's like, I'm gonna throw a dart, he's six? Because I think this is going to be a part, and I've heard other people reviewing this book, like always, this age issue is, this is a stepping off point for people. When people read six years old, they're like, whatever. Mm. And, and are think, out. And I think that's why, one of the reasons why he did this, too, is why he backed it up to six, is he wanted that time period of him to be in isolation before we got to Dragon Army. Yeah. And he wanted the years to go through there, yep. but he didn't want him to be 18 at the right. end of it. He didn't want this to turn into a Red Rising. I agree. Or something I agree. Like, he didn't want him to be uh, 18, 20, even right. 16 at the yep. end of it. He still wanted the whole child leading the army right. idea. Well, and I know in the beginning of my book, they have that introduction where he actually dis he discusses a little bit. He goes, yeah, a lot of people don't like it. I do like love this introduction. Yeah. He, he knows people yeah. don't like he it. Is. He drives to defend it. These are not kids. And then he does do this thing about, like, well, do you ever talk to six-year-olds? Or, you know, and this yeah, kind of thing. Yeah. Unfortunately, Unfortunately, all of us yeah. here do. Yeah, we <laughs> yeah. do. Yeah. An awful lot. And I think maybe that wa that's why maybe we're a special select group that um, maybe are more predisposed to being, like, six Six-year-old thing, mean, like and that's well, and that's why I think that's why I think it's the, fantasy. The, it's, it's fantasy, and the eleven thing works. There's the line after he beats up Stilton. Um, yeah, I have to win this now and for all time, or I'll fight every day, and it will get worse and worse. Right. I remember being the eleven-year-old kid getting picked on. Yeah, I right. remember. Okay, I mean, I may get my butt kicked here, but if I break his nose, he's not going to touch right. me. Right. No, yeah. I agree. I but just, I remember. I remember that eleven. I don't remember right. that at six. I was going to say. I wish he would have put it to eight. Eight years old. I agree with him being a child. Yes. I, I like this idea that he's a child. I feel like Orson Scott Card just said, I'm going to make him six, and now has had to live with that decision. Like, he could have put eight or whatever, and he he put six, and now he's forced to live or, with the decision of six. Or he went and, at... Or he went after the original story. Okay, he's eleven in the Dragon Army, so yeah. I want it to be five. I want, I want it to be five years till he gets there. So okay, eleven minus five is six. We'll start it at six. <laughs> yeah, right, right, yeah. right, right. Yeah, not even thinking about the age itself. Ages, yeah, and yeah. About a kid his age brutalizing another kid. I mean, I have seen some mm -hmm. kids destroy things completely yeah. to another kid, I can believe that a It's a pretty hefty introduction. I've never looked at it. Yeah. I, <laughs> <laughs> it's, it's hefty. It is, it is. But it's very interesting and well worth the time. It's not one that I would yeah. skip. No. I would not skip his introduction to He tells you to skip it. No, he uh, says you can skip it. And I'm going to disagree with Orson Scott Card. You should not skip his introduction if, to the book. If you are an adult... <laughs> Don't skip it. If you are a kid, skip, skip it. it. Yeah, because I, yeah. I read it. I this was the first time I've actually read the introduction was okay. when we were going through this podcast because I read this as a kid. I started reading the introduction and went no, and, and, my, and went to the first page. And my I've never read a copy with the introduction. Wow. Oh, okay. Mm. So I've never read yeah. the introduction. The introduction is good. Yeah, I the them being the the them reading that they were six years old and that it's about kids not doing it for this podcast. 
I, I would have put this down in the first chapter. Right. I'm just like, ah, no. Right. And by the way, Orson Scott Card, if we're gonna, we, let's just like bury the whole young adult thing. People will, this is not something that ever shows Here's up in the young adult. Say. Yeah, this, this book does not show up in the young adult section. Uh, as far as I know, Orson Scott Card does not really care for this whole young adult thing. He wasn't setting out to make a young adult book. He said he was setting out to make a book that everybody could enjoy, but it was adult. However, you know, I did just send this in a care package to my 11-year-old. <laughs> <laughs> but he doesn't see it as YA. Uh, I don't necessarily see it as YA. In fact, I just hate... But I think it can We've be already talked about it. I hate I think the term YA, so whatever. It's accessible. It, I, think to, I think to a certain intellectual level, yes. it can be accessible, late elementary, early... But I think, I think what it deals with, though, in terms of... Here's where I think it differs from YA. And the statements it's, be, it's making about leadership, I think, and... And, and I'm going to talk about how I think it's talking about Vietnam, the Vietnam War. I think all of those things are not things that young adult, that would classify it as YA. I think it's, a, it's an older... See, however, I think there is, I, I, I think the empathy lesson that comes, that That's comes through true. the You're entire looking, novel yes. yeah. is a good thing for, again, that 11, 12, 13-year-old. Right. I, I, you, there's multiple levels you can see, see this at. So, yeah. I, I just want to jump in here with, we are doing the one thing in his introduction that he said. He said, this book can be great for kids, or it's, let's see, my goal was that the reader wouldn't have to be trained in literature or even science fiction to receive the tale in its simplest and purest form. Yeah. We have some people trained in literature. We have. Yeah, right. We are doing the one thing where he was like, if you aren't, okay, but if you are, he also adds in here later on, that's great, dive into it, go nuts. Yeah. So it is, it is that empathy for the younger kids and then it's I think there's, for it, us it, to dive it is working on multiple levels and you can yeah. see it uh, in, in, in many ways. And I think that's one of the reasons it's so popular. We can get back to why that, mm-hmm. why that might be. But chapter two, uh, we get into Peter. So let's meet Peter. We start Oy, again with Peter. the ominous uh, voices at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Uh, but Ender is at home with his sibling. Mm-hmm. Um, Peter's the 10-year-old. Yep. So he's a 10-year-old brother. Um, and he's a jealous cuss. Cuss. <laughs> Sassy old cuss. Peter's a borderline serial killer in training. You know, I oh, have yeah. to say, by the end of chapter two, I was really liking this book uh, because I love these dynamics because mm. Peter is, yeah, a psychopath. And when he's like, I'm going to kill you. but you know, I'm like, just kidding. I'm like, just kidding. <laughs> I can't believe you believe yeah. me. I was like seeing Macaulay Culkin in the good stuff. What is that Macaulay yes. Culkin movie? Where, what is that one? I went more along the lines of like the 70s Omen. Oh, yeah, the Omen. Yeah. yeah. Damien. Like, yeah, Damien. <laughs> Uh, but I was really loving this home dynamic uh, that's happening amongst the siblings. I, I really thought it and was And I like great. the fact, too, of, 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 and I think this is part of what Cart, uh, of what Cart is speaking to mm-hmm. coming out of that late 70s into the mid-80s, yeah. that change that we had in the family dynamic. Yes. And so mom and dad are working. The kids have their whole own socioeconomic structure yeah, that the exactly. parents aren't They're really... They're running their own household. Correct. That the parents <laughs> yeah. aren't really involved in. And that was... that was, that. I mean, that's a oh, time yeah. frame thing coming yes. from the 70s into Definitely. the mid-80s there. Yes. I, I agree with you on that. And so the parents are very intelligent, but they do come off as very clueless about their own children. Right. But he's still trying to pin things back to readers that would have been growing up in the 50s because instead of playing the stereotypical 50s cowboys and Indians, they play astronauts and buggers. Which was kind of weird. I don't like. There, there haven't been a whole lot about buggers. I'm like, 
What's a bugger? <laughs> well, we okay. Can we just say we all kind of maybe know? Uh, <laughs> are we going? Are we going? Are we going with actual British slang? Because if it's British <laughs> slang, it's weird. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, um, but but yeah. So a- astronauts and what? Yeah. <laughs> I I don't know. Was it was it? Did it did it like trip you up at all? Because for me, I I, I think I got right away. That they were aliens. Nope, I had but, no idea. But that being said, I had seen the movie, oh, yeah, no, and I, I, I didn't no. remember anything about it, but enough to let me know, I know there's aliens at the end mm. of it. So I, I figured. And I knew that they were insect, insectile. So, uh, and that, that, for me, it didn't cause an issue. Yeah. I know when I first read through it, it was I didn't like that chapter when I first read it as a kid. I did not like chapter two. Right. As an adult, really? I really like it. I really it. like chapter two. Mm-hmm. Yeah, as an adult, I really like chapter well, two. And, and I'm going to... S- Going into this whole, you know, astronauts and buggers and the whole like universe that he's he's setting up here, I it's horrible of me. I shouldn't do this. <laughs> I immediately went to like, oh yeah, it's astronauts and buggers because it's they're seeing like the Starship Troopers propaganda. Yeah, oh, yeah, I keeps agree. Popping yeah. up about the about the bugs and I we're gonna get so. the bugs and, and you know I had that in my whole head as they're like kids today still play you know these games and you know now now we're in a society where we have to have the conversation about yeah we really shouldn't be playing cowboys and Indians anymore. Uh, right. Lot, um, you I know. will say a lot of kids are playing Marvel superheroes. Now. Yes. So yeah, there, there's yeah. there's the there's a more of a PC way of saying it is there's the Marvel superheroes there's the good superheroes there's mm-hmm. the bad superheroes. Mm-hmm. Right, that, which works out. This is where I think uh, this 60s, I'm going to keep launching that this is in some ways Orson Scott Card uh, commenting on uh, growing up in the Vietnam War because dad tells them that it's good for them to play war. You know, that like almost like keeping up that uh, socio. Uh, boys got to fight. Yeah. Like that, yeah. Boys got that. Boys got to fight and that kind of stuff. But at the same time, Ender is sitting there wonder if, wondering if buggers, if they put on human masks and call mm. humans slimies. So already you're seeing a kernel of empathy, uh, with, with Ender for the other side. A kernel of out of context empathy. Okay. Uh, yeah, it's yeah, no, I know. I like at this yeah. point, at this point in the book, I'm like, I I don't know what buggers are. I'm thinking that maybe they're just like a word yeah. for the bad guys like thieves or something like, yeah, I, yeah. I really have no idea I don't, I don't think you're really moral on the cops know. and robbers I I, but, but, that, but then he's like dwelling on like do, do buggers put on human masks and I'm like okay well I guess they're aliens but why what are we like I, I do yeah. I do I do get building suspense I get that um, mechanic yeah mechanic. right <laughs> um, but it's just it's too much I, I, I don't there's too much mystery and not enough filling me in in the beginning here that's that's my only Right. And see, I and I didn't have a problem with that. I, I, and, and I it does start strong. I love the whole part with uh, Peter and him being just a psycho. Yeah. That's oh, good. I love this because like Peter gets up on him, like drives his knee into his sternum and is mm-hmm. like, I could kill you and I'd say it was an accident. Yeah. Everybody would believe me. <laughs> You're yeah. like, oh my God. You got that, that inter- interstitched with this weird talk of buggers. And again, and again, we know this isn't the first time that Peter has threatened to kill his younger siblings. We know yeah. this isn't the first time that right. Valentine has stepped in to... To you know, be between Peter and Ender, and again, we have parents that have no idea that any of this is going on. Right, right, exactly. Yeah. Um, so Peter's sister's uh, sister Valentine mm-hmm. walks in, and he threatens her too. Yep. <laughs> yeah, I think Peter just kind of goes with that standard. I'm gonna kill I'm you. Going to kill I'm everybody. gonna kill you. I'm yeah. gonna blame it on something else. Mm-hmm. And it's one of those where it shows 
I know they talk about later on in that in this chapter about how they how Valentine and Ender would build like Peter proof buildings and things like yeah. that. And Peter would just come knock them down. They are the and they are the two the, that are closest. And absolutely. Peter Peter is definitely the odd one out. Um, I like that Valentine though kind of has a blackmail on Peter. Oh yeah. And, and says you know like uh, I'll release this stuff. And Peter wants to be a politician. I mean already at ten years old. Again, well, they're not kids. I know they're not yeah. kids, but at ten years old he wants to be a politician. Uh, and so she's got this blackmail that would prevent that from happening. So, uh, and then there's this weird tense scene at the end where Peter walks up to him his bed at night and like apologizes. Again, so psycho. It's yeah, so yeah. psycho. It's I so just, omen. And, it, and it's and, <laughs> and, right. and, omen and it's, well. it's 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 written here too, where you really get the feeling too that Pete, when Peter sneaks into his bedroom at night, and it's it's, you could it's, kill it's, him it's right not there. true empath. It's not the true empathetic. It's the Okay, this is what I need to say. Yeah, yeah. I'm sorry I threatened to kill you. Yeah, yeah he's, a poli- just, he's a politician. I just, love you. <laughs> yeah, like, right. He is just yeah. manipulating people. That's oh, yes. what he does. He is smart. He, you know, yeah, he might pretend to be crying and sad, but no, he'll just manipulate you. Right. So we jump into chapter three, and in the beginning, the talking voices, the chapter three is called Graph. Uh, we find out that the love that we've just seen between Ender and sister is and his sister Valentine is a problem. Mm-hmm. Yes. Uh, and is going to some way limit him or hold him back. Uh, again, we don't know uh, at this point what that's going to be. Um, but we, then we see this nice family breakfast where they're all just sitting around. and yes. Somebody from the IF, the International Fleet, shows up. It's Hiram Graff. Ah, uh, Graff. <laughs> Colonel Graff. Is this who... Um... Has been talking at the beginning. No, um, in, in the movie was that uh, is this Harrison Ford? Yes, okay. yes. That, that, that's kind of like that's the picture. And I, I want yeah, I want to yeah, point yeah, this out. Me as well. I want to point this out now, and I will bring this up later. Um, this is ver- the family, right? Father and mother are never referred to anything but father and mother. Yeah, Wiggum. yeah. We never learn their. It's first like names. Peanuts characters. However, <laughs> however, we have Peter, Valentine. And Andrew, yeah, all very Mormon Christian names. Oh yes. yeah, right, right. Okay. Yeah, okay. and their their names do come from uh, later on. I think in the book they talk about it, where they let Valentine know that their their parents were. Uh, I think their dad was Catholic, and their mom. You learn was... that in this book. Yeah, yes. you do learn it yeah. in this book. Yeah, yeah. 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 and that they were kind of secret about their still like religious affiliation. Yes, because yeah, in, the, in this society, that's seen as a weakness. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's, yeah. it's more of a. It, they, most people of those religions would were breaking the law because they would have more than two kids. The mm-hmm. the rule is you can have two kids. You can be whatever religion you want. Right. But you can mm-hmm. have two kids, and once you go over. It's gonna start charging you, but They're, but and I still got the feeling too, and I think it states it a couple. It states it in here later on. Is it talks about society wise? You know, the society has evolved above the whole organized religion. So the people mm-hmm. who are practicing it or who still believe in those things are looked down upon a little bit because of the fact that well, we're we're, we're human beings. We're better than this. Yeah, absolutely. Than this superstitious stuff. Yeah, right. Yeah, and absolutely. and. And Hiram is the name of a prominent uh, leader in the Mormon Church. He was an American religious leader of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. Uh, and he was the older brother of the movement's founder, Joseph Smith. Perfect. Oh. Oh. <laughs> Did not know that. Wow. So there you go. There you go. 
A demystifying beloved classics. So 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 the the army colonel shows up to talk to your six year old. Yeah, yeah, exactly. But th- they were primed for this, right? They knew that this was going to happen because their kids have been being watched. Yeah, they, they know their kids have been being yeah, watched. Yeah, they, they just, you know, they, they'd grown comfortable because this monitor was taken out. They thought, right. hey, you know what? You the day is coming, but you haven't... That usually means that the army's not interested. Yeah, once, yeah right, once right. that monitor's out, they yeah. assume, yeah. sweet, we got another kid. Yeah. You know, we don't have hey, to worry you know, about them. We, we, we lucked out. They we, we were allowed to have a third. They're letting us keep our third. Hooray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because that's a pretty standard thing is... If you have a good kid, if you have a smart kid, regardless of what position they are, but if you have a good kid, you have a smart kid, eventually the army comes and takes them. Yep. Now when old, not every old man Graf comes knocking. But here is the first, I mean, Ender already, we find out, has a weird childhood where he's got a brother that wants to kill him all the time, so mm. he's growing up very oddly. But his parents, also odd, um... They come to take him. They offer him the officer's academy. Like, you can, well, we're taking you to the officer's academy. But, Ender, it's your decision whether you go or not. And then we learn that his parents, we learn about the whole Catholic and and thing, a Mormon issue. But then we learn that uh, you're non-compliant to have three kids. And this whole time since they've had three, they've been non-compliant even though... Well, it's they were, okay. They were sanctioned it was sanctioned non-compliance, but we find out that that's like holding them back socially and stuff, and that his parents are okay with letting Ender go. Oh, like I didn't, I didn't pick that so up. that they can be compliant up. again. Wow. That's what Graf says. Yes. To Ender. Now, okay, so ma- true. That's, okay, okay, no, true. No, that could just why. be well. And true. that was one of the manipulating a six-year-old. But that was one of the that was that was one of the things with with the whole Stilson episode earlier. Stilson makes fun of him for being a third. Oh yeah, um, mm-hmm. and you know that is one of the things here where Graf is you know explaining a, that. You could choose to go with us or not, but your life's going to suck down here because right. you're a and third. And, and, you'll be and your parents third don't class, want you anyway. And you'll be a third-class citizen down Which here. Which, yeah. that is good manipulation, that your parents yeah. don't want you anyway. Yeah, so come with us. Just come I, with us. I will right. say, later on in the books, they do talk about it. Uh, they were going to have more kids anyways. <laughs> they, that, that was what that was really? the plan. They, okay. they knew they were smart enough. So Ender agrees kind of half-heartedly. He's yeah. like, well, might as well. Yeah. And then, so then we have this, like, humanity needs me. <laughs> humanity needs you. Not Join the IF. Um, but then we get, we'll a, you we get a data dump on the... Uh, <laughs> or we'll take you anyway. <laughs> get a data dump on the academy and how it's structured. We get lots of math, science, zero gravity training. Older kids are officers. Mm-hmm. We find out, uh, I guess, a maybe controversial statement, that there's not many girls because centuries of evolution are working against them, is the statement uh... that's made. Okay. Yeah, you can't say that these days. Uh, but that is a very Mormon statement to make. It's a, it's a Mormon uh, statement. At the time, though, uh, I did not know Orson Scott Card was a Mormon. So I'm going... I, so just so you know, from here on the next few chapters and all my stuff about Vietnam, I am picturing Orson Scott Card as a radical 60s hippie. <laughs> okay? So so when who, I read... Who, whose draft number was just Pope. Yeah. 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 <laughs> and, so, and so what I'm seeing this See, is... See, guys, the draft was this thing that happened. I know what yeah. the draft was. I had to hey, sign up you know for... What? These days, Dad, we still got to yeah. sign up for the draft. <laughs> right. Now females have to. So, so what I'm seeing this as is not necessarily as sexist a statement as it as, as it's coming off. But now I realize I'm wrong. But uh, um, I'm seeing it as him sitting there. Like at the time, you would have had a lot of um, 
you know, women's rights advocates mm-hmm. and stuff who were women even saying that women were more capable, that they had a more, you know, that they, they had a more discerning mind for certain things, and that men were leading us into mm-hmm. conflicts like Vietnam because of this, you know, whether it be social pressure that makes them more violent. And I I thought we had just seen that in the previous chapter where his dad's like, yeah, go play astronauts and buggers, right? That's like, we have this man's world that's leading us into violence and aggression. And it's he's a saying, man's world. Yeah, and he's saying like, oh, you know, women, I thought he was like building them up that, you know, women are genetically maybe disposed, uh, um, nurturing, nur- more nurturing, yes. you know, uh, and, and things like that. And that they were like maybe a higher uh, or a better version of humanity and, and that we, you know, mankind or men were leading us off. But I think that's not what he was going no, for. Women, no. are, <laughs> women, are, women are soft and they don't want to fight. Yeah, that, yeah that's yeah. what I think maybe he Women ain't going to squish the bugs. <laughs> yeah, and it, it is in this chapter too, we, we start to get um, what I find to be a barrage of Orson Scott Card telling us that uh, what about orientation in zero G's. I, I mean, it's it does play a big part in the story, but it man, does. it's, man, for like, I feel like it's like the next couple of chapters, it's like, okay, I get orientation, I get it, I get it. Right, And right. maybe maybe it's because it's 2018, there's a little, I don't know, I feel like maybe we're a little bit more familiar with zero G now. Right. Than when this was written, but man, it's just like, oh, okay, dude, yeah. like. Well, and it I doesn't get, seem at the there's point. There's no gravity, you can spin. It cool. doesn't hinge on anything. <laughs> the yeah, ceiling doesn't yeah. have to be the ceiling. Yeah. Yeah. We'll get there. Well, you, I, I, one, <laughs> I, yeah, okay. Uh, I got stuff to say about that. But anyway, uh, we we get this Mazer Rackham uh, as a character. Freaking coolest name. I do like that. By name. the way, wow, yeah. I love I love that name. And it almost pops off the page as not being like any of the other names in this novel. No, it, it's, it's kind of it's kind of there with Ender, but I mean that's an Ender. Name. Yes, yeah, I agree. Mazer though, just that Mazer. name it, it does is cool. pop off of the page. Yeah. Well, and that's Frickly why enough, as as we keep meeting all of these other people. You know, us in a us in a Western a, a Western American society, yes. we we look at this and go, okay, the only people who had Andrew and Peter, even <laughs> Valentine's kind of an odd, yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah. Andrew and Peter are like the customary the white names yeah. that we that we understand yeah. in the West, and so I like the fact that he's bringing up a lot of these names, and actually they get made fun of a little bit sometimes because they named their children quote unquote normal names. Yeah, yeah. right, right, mm-hmm. right. Yeah. yeah, I could totally see things going that way eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Well, then you must be happy, Luke, because we get more on these buggers. We find out it's been 80 years since the last bugger war. Oh, uh, oh good. And, and Mazer Rackham is a hero. He's the one that saved us from the buggers. <laughs> Whatever those are. <laughs> I think... Just, I just, that, just that, That's my mind at this point in the book. Because I'm like, actually, oh, okay, more buggers, I guess. <laughs> I think they just want him to be a mysterious... Dark force. When I agree. It's then not don't call a, them buggers. Well, it's we, not find a, <laughs> we find out why later. Well, we do find out later, but we they don't want it to be like. Uh, well, we know everything about this this thing. They just want it to be buggers. They're bad. We kill them. It, it's, it's, the evil is coming to take your children. Yeah, right, and it's but, something that I feel never really translates well in any sort of fiction. Is like a a name for your a nickname for your enemy. You know, like like Charlie. Yeah, Char- Charlie. That w- that was real life. I've heard real people talk about it. That means something. Like, but right. on the outside, Charlie. That's kind of silly. I, I kind of th- I'm right. feeling bugger is the same way, but I don't have any attachment to bugger because I'm not from this universe. Right. But so but, you start throwing at throwing it at me immediately. I'm like, eh, well, I don't know. If bugger we, works. And we yeah. do understand. I think too that it is a way of 
keeping them scary, but not as scary. You always right. give you give the nickname. You give your enemy not the chapter three. Not you, here. you give your enemy the nickname to take yeah. some of some of sort the of fear out of them. Yeah, yeah. Well, see, and I'm going with that. What you just said, Luke. That's what I'm. I'm still running with my. This is uh, talking about, you know, Vietnam and maybe World War Two. Even I mean, having grown up in that era. I feel like uh, Orson Scott Card was saying, like, okay, um, you know, going all the way to the end of the book, mm-hmm. what he's setting Ender up as is being used by the man mm-hmm. or the military hierarchy as a tool to destroy an entire race of creatures. And society has dehumanized them. Mm-hmm. Correct. By calling them buggers. You know, and it's we'll find end. out at the end that this species was intelligent, sentient, and only attacked us the first time because they thought we were not sentient. They assumed we were idiots. And once they learned, pulled off, and had never attacked us since. Well, but if you call them the ant on the sidewalk, if you compare them to the ant on the sidewalk, you don't have to see them yeah, as a legitimate they lo- species. They look insectile, we're going to call them buggers, and we're manipulating our children to fight and destroy them. Mm-hmm. You know, I saw this as a just like... Maybe we dehumanized the Viet Cong or whatever by whatever nickname we gave them in the Vietnam War, right? And and send our youngest over there to fight them. Mm-hmm. Or really you any know? race, color, creed, oh, yeah. whatever it happens to be that we have horrible names yeah, for calling languages. Germans Krauts, you know, yeah. or, or whatever, and we could go on and on, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah. That's what I, I saw this as. Yeah, I, I just I, I'm gonna I'm gonna stand by it that like in, in a fictitious world, any sort of like nickname for an enemy, I I, I don't feel like it has ever worked out for me. Mm. No, I, and I understand that. Yeah, yeah I, I do. Say, I understand. Well, and buggers in 2018 is just yeah, it's not working. But I think I think it's all personality for that because mm. some of us read books differently. You're like you said, you want that information. Why are they bad? Who are they? I'm not that way. We're, when I'm reading a book, yeah. you know, I did. I didn't mind. Do you feel, Luke, Do you do you feel, Luke, that it would have been different for you had they been called just bugs, or versus bugger, or oh, or yeah. give oh, the yeah. race a name? Yeah, the species yeah. a yeah. name. Okay. Absolutely, absolutely. You know, but I mean, you know, even even at this point in the book, I'm. I'm having a good time. I'm just a little confused every now and then, and buggers is making me angry. So we have a we have a good old Colonel Graf, who comes across, yeah. and I don't know if he's I don't know if he's trying to go platoon. I don't know if he's trying to go Full Metal Jacket. I don't know what's <laughs> happening here on because we get on the shuttle, and I'm like, is he going to be mean? Is he's been nice so far? Yeah, right. What's gonna? Isn't the drill sergeant always supposed to be mean? Yeah, and, and then that's how you know they really love you, like officer and a gentleman or something. <laughs> like that. It's true, true. Um, well, and it and this is on launch, right? Chapter four, launch. Um, so they load into the shuttle. Um, they all praise Ender. Um, and yeah, like you said, Claude, he thinks he should be being torn down. All the adults, all the yeah, adults yes. praise Ender, which again, think about is think about you as an elementary kid. Okay, never mind. Me and as an adult, if I'm in a meeting of new people and the person who's running that meeting is like, hey, Luke's such a great guy. Luke's better than all of you. It's going to be wonderful. It's going to be, I automatically still don't like Luke yeah. from the get-go. Yeah, <laughs> for sure. Right, for sure. Well, they, oh, he's better than me? No. They talk <laughs> about it in the beginning. Because the again, chap- these are all the super smart kids. Yeah, and yeah. they talk about in the beginning of the chapter the adults in that like where the adults are talking. I guess that's kind of what I thought. Every time it was that that extra part, it was when the adults are talking. Everything else just kid stuff. 
adults. Yeah, adults. They, yeah, they talk. That's true. We are going to isolate him. We, I am going it's to It's the find daycare a providers talking outside the playpen. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's what we do in the hallway all the time. Yeah. You know, it's you show up, you just kind of talk a little bit, then you go back. Right, right. But this is where what we talked about in the beginning happens, where there's a kid just banging him on the back of the head, Ender on the back of the head, and Ender flips him, and because it's zero G, he's able to like flip him into the wall. Well, that's a kid's own fault. He didn't have his seatbelt on. Yeah, <laughs> buckle true. up, kids. True. Click your uh, ticket. And Graf says <laughs> it's his job to it. make him Napoleon, Alexander, and Caesar without all those shortcomings. He's just a tool of society. Yeah, shortcomings. <laughs> <laughs> so Ender is going to be the savior of society. I think, up to this point, I think we've gotten the dribbles of information at just the right moments. Like, uh... At, by this point, I have put together enough of this universe mm-hmm. to know what's going on um, in terms of the buggers and who they are and that Ender's being trained to fight them. And and you know, at, at least where this is going at this point, you know, it's at least, it's, okay, well, they're kids, but I guess they're going to battle school at least, so that's got to be fun. And, right, yeah, right. Well, and I like this little meeting after, you know, after they get up to battle school and Ender's like, I'm going to confront Graf. Yeah. And Graf gives them this breakdown at the end of the chapter of, no, I don't care how you feel. We have we have a job to do here. Right, right. Yeah. And this really this chapter does give a little bit more about Ender's psychology, I right, guess, his right. mental state cuz it was he was in the beginning it was talking all about all the other kids are poking fun, jabbing, talking, all the things. He's that t- silent kid that's just watching everything. Right. Just trying to analyze everything and figure that out. Right. Versus but, and he's the kid who's been the third yeah. In school, he's the picked on kid. So he's the quiet kid because he's waiting for the next thing to happen. He's analyzing it. He's on defense automatically all the time right. because there's going to be something else that's going to come after me here. Because right. the, from the time that I popped out of my mother's womb, my older brother has been like threatening to chop my fingers off. <laughs> <laughs> but, but Luke, it's at this point when we get into chapter five that there's going to be, for me... Uh, oh, we were in four, yeah. A, a slow background, a slow background of issues that will start to compile on each this, other um, and start gaining momentum until we get through the end of this book. This, uh, um, I feel like I said this um, back when we were talking about Tannis. Like, <laughs> oh boy, I oh you're bringing Dragonlance. <laughs> oh okay, because it's kind of a similar thing. Like we had to, we were constantly reminded of how great of a guy Tannis is. Yeah, they beat you with the fact, and we are being beat to death with the fact that Ender's the smartest guy. And I'm like, oh, okay, okay, like subtlety is an art. But you know, I don't, I don't know. But you know what? I feel like that is the pro. One of the small issues that he wrote himself into a corner with. Mm-hmm. Is that you are having all of the society now hinges on the shoulders of a six-year-old? Yeah, that is preposterous. Why? Yeah, so so why? Uh, does so it? we are we are going to beat you continuously I, I think, I think over the head analysis. with why? That's a with, very good analysis. Yeah, with with, yeah. with why why he is worthy of this is because most oh, he's people real would, smart. would reject reject this. Yeah, I don't know if he's super smart. Yeah. He's, he's smart. This is why this is why he's doing it. He's smart. Yeah. Um, but we get to games. But I I'm I'm going to go with it. Like I'm going to yeah. give them that that thing and I'll go with it. Um, we, we get to battle camp. Grab yeah, a bunk, get, kids. <laughs> I got to go to battle camp over the summer. Oh, man, I just got to go to space we got, camp. You get the bunk on the bottom by the door. We got a space, you got a space suit, you got a gun, and you got an iPad. And I feel Good like, <laughs> I feel like this is like little tiny six-year-old Orson Scott Card at like Mormon camp uh, excising his demons. Just like, I hated it. I was the smallest one. 
I like science fiction, and they put me in a bottom bunk by the door. <laughs> like, like, you just hated oh. it. <laughs> but I feel like this is still strong. He is relating to his readers. Like, almost everybody has experienced summer camp of some sort, mm. and this feels, even with bunks, we're in space and everything else, but this is bunks, and, yeah. and, and the dynamics that are going on amongst the older kids and the younger kids are exactly what goes on in a camp. You yeah. know, yeah, the kids that have been there longer pick a little bit on yeah. the younger so kids. I've, they haze them a little bit and be like, "Hey, this is our area. Leave." Yeah, Goodbye. exactly. And if if some new kid just showed up uh, and was smaller than most of the rest of them, but then beat everybody at touch football, they'd start hating him. Or <laughs> the older kids, yeah, or or, or, or came in and broke broke a dude's arm as he walked <laughs> in the door and hasn't talked to anybody. Yeah. Did you know on the bus ride to Camp Wikiwaka that? <laughs> That little weenie ender broke a kid's arm in the third seat of the bus. Okay, did you hear that? But again, you, you have, I, I have feelings for this kid because it, I like it, him. it goes into the classic tropes here too of, all right, we go through a couple days, nobody's talked to Ender. You see the poor kid with his little segregated lunch tray sitting at the yeah. table by oh, him. Yeah. The big huff, hustle and bustle going around. Like you almost would see it in a movie where everything's sped up behind him, but it's just slow motion Ender <laughs> eating his peas. <laughs> True. True. Some yeah. Sort of, some sort of bad 90s music video. Yeah. <laughs> the older kids with leather jackets come by and the one Occasionally, with, like, like, elbows. Yeah, elbows over, like, yeah, yeah, slaps his milk over. Like, Jeez, I don't know, Ender. Maybe when you show up to camp, don't break somebody's arm. <laughs> <laughs> God, maybe everybody will like you a little better. Uh, he makes a friend, though. Uh, Mick? Yeah. Mick? Mick. Shane Mick. Yeah, sits Shane. down in the mess hall to whoa, eat whoa, by Ender. Oh, we're talking Mick now. Sorry, yeah. I, was, a, I was thinking somebody else. He's 11 or, or 12. He's the, he's the older boy. boy. He's yeah. the guy that. Nobody really cares about. Nobody comes over and hey, what's your name? And I just I pictured the toothpick, <laughs> and like the leg up, the leg up on the uh, lunch table on the on the seat of the lunch table. So what's your story? <laughs> hey, you sound like a guy who ends things. Better watch your back though. That's the only way you survive around here, kid. Yeah, he's and the he's, one that can he, jump. Yeah. He, he's the one that can jump from group to group to group. Kind of. Yes. He's not really part of any. He just jumps around. He's that guy that's in, that is in prison that will be like, hey. You watch yourself over there, over there. You gotta figure yeah. yourself here. Yeah, you know, he gives you, know. you the. If, the if you one go and four. give those guys over there a brownie, then they'll watch your back yeah, for the yeah. night. It'll be okay. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I like that. Yeah, it's it's after. I love that. how we went from camp to prison. <laughs> I don't know. That's just <laughs> well, when, when you were sitting there. When you were sitting there going, "Hey, I just admit, I just imagine that guy smoking a smoking a cigarette. That old guy that's been in prison for What'd thirty for? years and." All right, don't go over there. They'll stab you. Don't go over there. <laughs> They'll <Yeah>. touch you. <laughs> well, uh, we finally get to a game room, right? Ender is shown this game room, and he ends up playing a Because screw math, physics, and social studies. Let's go no. to gym. Now it's time for gym. <laughs> and that's what it's going to be uh, most of the time now. It's all, all training for war. Which, again, at this point, I'm thinking, okay, because it's been built up that humanity fought this horrible war, barely won, and now they're coming back, and it's kind of set up. We don't really have a good chance of winning this one. No, they. they and we're so in. We're in this desperate situation where we, yeah, forget well, all the rest of it. We need to train these kids to fight. Correct, because the only reason we won the last invasion was because a dude did something. Yeah, right. And <laughs> yeah. we will find out that almost Ma none of this is Mason true. Mason Rackham did a thing, and now we gotta do a thing. And now they haven't come back for a while, but <laughs> yeah. we need to prepare. Yeah, yeah. yeah to, it's, to do it's, our thing. Yeah. To do it's our just thing. that yeah. they always, it's standard <laughs> propaganda. You right. know, you 
you always have to be prepared, you know. The what, bugs are com- the bugs are coming for you. Join the IF today. Yeah, basically, it's. <laughs> yep. Do you want your sister to date a bug? No. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I definitely was getting um, propaganda. My propaganda senses were tingling. Yeah. Uh, oh yeah. Early absolutely. on in this book. Absolutely. Um, yeah, well, especially because we never, like, and it comes to fruition later on, but we never find out what Mazer ever did. No, he tells us. Well, by the end. Oh, okay, thought, okay, like, okay, Like, Ender okay. is trying to find out, so what did he do? Yeah, and, and he, he can't find it. Later on in the book, footage. he literally sits and watches videos. And I like, I do like the fact that he walks into, like, the game room here at the end of the chapter, and he's like, well, nobody likes me, but I'll just wander around and... Yeah, I bet I could beat that game. <laughs> and he, wa- he and he just sit there. He sits there and rainmans the guys playing the game. Oh yeah, and yeah. then walks up and goes. He go and he's like again. He's six. He's walking up to like 10, 11, or 10, 11, 12 year olds and go. I bet I could beat you. What, who's this little kid? Yeah, what, absolutely. What, what are you, chicken? Oh, I'm gonna beat you. <laughs> and I love how he, he accepts. Nobody calls me chicken. <laughs> I think I will say I think this is the first game. And the only game we ever see Ender lose. He actually loses right. one round of mm-hmm. Correct. these games. But yeah. he's smart enough when he challenges the guy, he says best of three. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. Because yeah. he, he, he had to learn it. He had yeah, to learn the first one. And I just, I have this sweet 80s vision of like them sitting at like something that looks like the old school two player uh, Pac Man game. Yes. <laughs> yeah. In fact, I have that even in my notes that we'll talk about there on these large like iPads that he mm-hmm. ends up hacking mm-hmm. and everything. I saw this all as period stuff. Like, it was like the green screens with the blocky... Yes. Yeah. Like, I couldn't not see it as 80s stuff. Yes, it's like it's like Galacticus future. versus Galacticus yeah, coming yeah. at each other well, across the table. That's how I saw it. I was born after the 80s. That's how I saw it. I saw it with that little... Like, you're just a guy going through an open space. I went back with Age of Empires game, where you walked through a space, and once you walked through it, then you could see it. Oh, and right, that type right, right. of thing. Similar to what you were describing, where it's just mm-hmm. did, yeah, did, did, yeah, did, yeah. you had to do that. Well, right. and then we get then we get something that actually illustrates the fact that regardless of what age they are, they are still kids. Yes. Because Br- the dude with the broken arm, Bernard. Bernard, who's French. Who's French, and he's being mean to him. Mm-hmm. And he's got a bunch of friends, and so Ender figures out that he's got to do something, so he actually hacks the entire computer system to send Ender likes butts to everybody's computer screen. <laughs> yeah, it, it's watch. What was it? Watch. Yeah, Bernard likes butts. Bernard so likes yeah, butts. Yeah, Bar- but yeah, Bernard likes butts. <laughs> and then watch your butt. And then doesn't he label it God? Yeah, he yeah. Had, yeah, he, he makes just up, completely he made... ends it and is just like. Mm, good luck. Yeah, uh, he <laughs> hacks the system, makes up a pseudonym so he can enter stuff in. Makes right. up, he hacks the system, makes a fake profile on the system yeah. to be able to send messages out. Yeah. Great thinking for 1985. No, I, I agree. Yeah. It's very Absolutely. forward thinking uh, in that way. And I do like, this does once again show a little bit more about the adult's personality as well. Because when Dap, uh, when yeah. he walks in and go, and Bernard starts complaining just, because Dap is that adult that is supposed to be their mom, that mm-hmm. their only person in the military that will care, and he just looks at him and goes, "So," and then walks out. It's, right. it's just like it kind of shows they're they're on their own. Right. Well, then we had end end off with Ender making a friend in a kid named Shen. Shen. Mm-hmm. Yes. Right? Yeah. Shen the butt wiggler apparently. Yeah, and a lot of in these chapters, and I'm not sure exactly where it is, is where we have things. Oh, it's coming up in the next chapter. Is where we have some of the stuff that was excised from some of these books. Okay, so mm. we're moving on to chapter six, the giants drink. 
Um, at the beginning of the chapter, we got the speakers again. They say that Ender is addicted to the giant drink. They wonder if he's suicidal. I like all this mystery. But I would have to say, this is the part where I'm... I'm I don't really like anything that happens in this simulation game. I'm weirded out by this simulation I, I, I don't, game. I, I'm I, an adult and I'm weirded out by this simulation game. It's a little out of place. It's a little out of place. It's a way, I think, to explore the inner psyche of mm -hmm. Ender, but I don't really care about exploring it. You know what I'm saying? Like, no, there I, was I, when reading I, this, I didn't care what the giant represented, or the ribs, or what the wolves, or like any the playground. I didn't care. I, the the rug that becomes the snake. The, I just and, didn't care. And I kept wondering how much of this was. You know, they kept saying, "Well, you know, we're not pro the computer programs depending on your choices," but something still had to be programmed into the computer to make the choice. Yeah. And we're getting all these weird things about wolves with children's faces. Yeah. And I'm like, is this a peak? Is this really happening in the game? Or is this Ender, like, having a weird Peter psychological moment yeah. as he's playing the game yeah. and just inserting his own things okay. in here? Well, it should be said, like, the version of the book I have, the hardcover, is, like, from the, the reprint from 93 or whatever. I think it's got 220 pages. It's short. You know, and I feel if he's adapting his 36-page analog novel he's just padding the crap mm, out of places yeah. that makes and, sense. and so yeah. he, he, he kind of he threw this in as like you know it'll be interesting to have a computer explore the the inner mind of ender i'm sure there's a lot of people who really like this and i'm sorry i don't mean to come off as like irritating to people who really like this stuff it just was not my bag no. I, I didn't care no, it's, I mean, we, we haven't gone to, to it yet at this point but like once they start going to the battle rooms like th that, that's the part of the book I'm living for yeah, yeah. I mean and that's that's the good stuff and then he keeps mm -hmm. like we, okay we gotta go to fairy tale land real quick and I, it I, was very uh, very odd like it was jarring how all of a sudden you'd be in this weird fairy world the kids want some acid yeah, <laughs> yeah that's, that's basically what it was I will say I that like it. with this uh, with this chapter, I remember not liking this. I as a kid, I, as a kid, I know I wouldn't I, have as a kid. I didn't I know like I it as a kid. There were a few chapters I didn't like, as you guys can probably tell. You'll probably know I'll be reviewing this. But, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, it's one of those where later on in the books, I now that I'm an adult, I actually like this chapter because of a character that is introduced mm -hmm. later on. I know you've read some of the later books. Her name yeah. is Jane. Yeah. She is a uh, AI that they designed She'll to... She'll figure quite prominently in this next, the second book, in, yeah, Speaker in, for the In Dead. the next books, she is very prominent, and yeah. she is the mind game. That is where right. Jane came from, was that mind game, and she yeah. created things and did... It mm -hmm. makes me care more about the mind game Right. Now that I've read those later on books, because it's her figuring out A, herself, and B, a person that right. she travels with for years. Well, let's get to the centerpiece here, the battle room. If there's one thing that's like fan art, regular art, the movie, you search Ender's Game, over half of it's going to be images from this battle room. Well, yes, because that takes up most of the rest of the book. Most of the rest yeah. of the book yes. is this battle room. So let's get into the battle room and dissect this thing. Because i got lots of questions about old battle room here. Okay? So a lot of descriptions at first about all the weightlessness and flipping. Uh, but we end up getting uh, Ender teamed up with Ali. And they use their guns to freeze everybody's suit. I guess I don't, I don't care about the nuance. Let's pull way back. What is the purpose of battle room? I think it is a straight training simulation. To do what? 
to... You know, when you're in a spaceship and you're fly- floating around inside of it? No, I have no idea. Okay, so the thing that I need to get off my chest right away and I want us to all discuss as the first thing is I was... And this is not something that really hit me until a few chapters in because for chapters and chapters, we are training in battle room, training in battle room. And I will agree, it is awesome. Like, I love this. It is, especially, like, when you're when you're in that part of the book, like, because you think, like, oh, this... He's going to fight somebody. Yeah. It's, he needs this. It's weightless laser tag. It's weightless yeah. weight <laughs> laser tag. That's exactly <laughs> that what it is. what it is. But yes. I'm reading it, and, like, they're freezing people's legs, and they're like, he's he makes this big deal that's hammered into us again and again. When you come through the door, anything can be up or down. You need to see the mm-hmm. other... Uh, the enemy's opening as down. That, that needs to be down, and all of this kind of stuff... And his big breakthrough is to freeze their legs as a shield and then shoot through the crotch at, at people. But I'm going, aside from giving Ender command training of how to command people, what real-world application does any of this have? That you freeze your legs and shoot through the crotch? Like, do the buggers have freeze rays? Like, are they are the human, are, are Ender and his team supposed to be spaceships so that like in the future when ender is commanding ships that that has some analogy to how he's commanding kids like this is all really cool but i don't see any relation to the real world like why would you train kids doing this if they're going to be fighting spaceships why aren't they in training simulations for spaceships and again i don't want to detract from how cool all of this is but i don't get if you're going to fight against the buggers why are they doing this why are they playing glorified laser tag and freezing there. I don't see the correlation between this. I think part of it, and I I understand exactly what you're saying, and I agree with you on that. I think part of it has to do with just opening up to tactics. Mm -hmm. Is coming up with as many, again, they want them to come up with as many outside-of-the-box ideas as they can, because the adults are all fuddy-duddy and can't think outside the box anymore. Right. Working with what he's got, no matter what it is. Exactly. And I think that's the beginning of it. And here we're making it here we're making it fun and we're making it a game at the beginning to lead to the other right. bigger games. And I agree with you, Club. That's what I ended up going with is that this is just a way to hone their out-of-the-box thinking and, and tactics from whatever is thrown at me. You know? and, and to help establish that automatic chain of command later yeah. on is right. to basically throw all the kids in a room, see who's going to lead, see who's going to go go over it in a pretty much virtually harmless situation here. Right. Well, But they don't know that. They do talk about it later on, about how, because of battle room things, certain students are sent to certain areas. So the kids that are, like, very well, you know, really good at commanding, you're going to go to command school. The kids that are really good at jumping straight towards the enemy and taking out as many as you can... You're infantry. You're infantry. <laughs> that, it's it's yeah. their way of divvying up the, the okay. soldiers, just like the military uses shooting right. ranges, things like that. You're If you're a really good shot... Hey, right. you should look at sniper school. Right. Things like right. that. It, it was their way of training the soldiers right. to. I like see that bent on it. Uh, I, they, I like it where too. they go because it, it's one where when you're training them, you want to see who can be inventive. Yes, yeah. everybody is given the same thing. How can you beat everybody else? And again, right. we've had all these adult things, and we're in the battle room, and there's, we're talking about launches, and we're talking about soldiers, and we're talking about servicemen. So it's time for a couple of fart jokes about weightlessness. <laughs> <laughs> Which exactly. just makes them seem like kids. Yes. So that yeah. is I'm okay with. This, they're yeah, kids the, at camp, screwing around in the laser tank. For, speaking, hot, for a hot second, they're kids. Speaking <laughs> of which, this room, it's like fart yeah. in a bottle. <laughs> if I could keep farting bottles. Oh my god. 
<laughs> wow. Uh, all right, so he kind of befriends Allie. Bernard ends up, he ends up, they go end up going to like these mini training sessions because there's open time in the battle room. Right, yes. right. And yeah. so he goes in to learn and Ali sees that and Ali goes with him. The bully ends up coming with him. Mm. We have this weird social dynamic because a bunch of other kids come to the battle room and are right. like, eh, we're going to go get the outcasts. And then the outcasts end up freezing everybody. Right. Okay, and this is where I wanted to pull out and say this is where stuff has been excised from the book. Shen is called a slant-eyed bug or butt wiggler in the original version. Oh, okay. And and the N-word is used in reference to Ali. I don't okay. remember Shen ever from my copy. Oh, really? Oh, yeah. Really? really? Oh. Or ever showing up again. Oh, no, he, no. He, uh, he's not there very He long. doesn't oh, okay. come back when they all come back. But yeah, Shen is the one that's referred to as the slant-eyed butt wiggler. And they took it out, but there's part of me that like a lot of literature, wishes that wasn't, and I'm going to try to defend why I just said that. Um, um, well, yeah. And yeah, well, quick, here it is. I mean, quick, I mean, save the podcast. We're in this kind of hyper-politically uh, correct atmosphere, but here's why I think, and this is, again, when I first read this, not knowing this was excised and thinking that uh, Orson Scott Card is kind of this uh, 60s hippie, I'm going, he is trying to portray a future, because all of these people, like you just said, Club, are extremely different Correct. Both ethnically, um, they're outcasts in one way or another. Correct, and, even, and all of the descriptions, even from the even from the edited version, all right. of the descriptions tell you that we have different, we have all the different races of the earth right. in yeah. this battle. So to me, I almost looked at it as like, okay, you've got like almost all of these like crazy Aryan white kids training to be whatever, and he's got the only girl and the only you know African American, mm, yeah, like like yeah. he's creating this collection. Of, of diversity He's, and that they're saying those words to each other as empowerment words. Mm -hmm. You know, like, we're the diverse group that can use those words with each other. That's how I read this see, the first I've time. Never, I, I will admit that, even yeah. though I've read this a couple times over my lifetime, I've never read that version. Yeah, I never yeah. knew that, that. I never knew that that was in yeah. that version because I took the whole... Because I went the I, I went kind of the same way yeah. but on, off a little on another stand. I went, like, the Star Trek way. Okay. We have the colors, we have the colors, races, and creeds. Everybody's working together to save us from the buggers. Yeah, that's right, what right, I right. Went with. Yeah, absolutely. And there are few people that might hold on to a little bit of their individuality, like uh, Ali Ali did. He at the very end of one of these chapters whispers salam. Oh yeah, to, yes, to he uses that a lot. Yeah, right, right, yes. right, right, right. But the way he whispers it to Ender, it's like that secret. Yes. And Ender takes it as a, an extreme compliment. Yes. So I'm already getting it that these kids are getting really close and, and seeing themselves as really, really deep friends. And that's why uh, when they used those, that language, I wasn't seeing it as derogatory. And then we're also in the far-flung future. Or it, go so, uh, or it, goes, thought, or it goes to... Goes <laughs> or it goes to the point like the idea of, you know, uh, again, I work in the English literature field, <laughs> right. goes to the idea of, yes, the N-word is used a ton in The Adventures of Huckleberry Finn. Right. Everybody who uses it that way yeah. is shown to be an idiot, is shown to be a fool. It's right. It, it, the one, people who are using that type of language are right. the ones who are shown to be in the wrong mm -hmm. or they're shown to be less intelligent, and that's right. why they're using that type right. of language. Okay. Right, and huh. since I was see, seeing Card again as a hippie, I was seeing like we were almost like maybe we're in this post-racist society where maybe they were almost using it. It's kind of like maybe if we were to look back to the Roman era when it was all like the Romans and everybody else were, you know, the Romans would call other people barbarians. 
or something like that, right? And barbarians was actually a very derogatory term. Non-Roman. You know, not you know, non-Roman. Um, whereas now nobody gives a two craps about if the use Rome. of the word barbarian. Yeah. You know that maybe in this far-flung future, they're joking around with each other. You know, but I I don't know. You know, but I didn't take it as being uh, mm -hmm. offensive. But I can see why. I guess you know that you might want to pull it. But I so, didn't take it as being. So we have this. We move on. Right, and frees we all have, the bullies. Yeah, he frees <laughs> all the bullies, and we have this, you know, we have this super group of the non-bullies, and even some of the bullies now. Yeah. But it's not really led by Ender, if you pay attention. Yeah. yeah. Everybody kind of defers to Ali. Yeah. Right, yeah. He, Ender he is not in control. Leader. And later on, sorry, did you, did you have anything No, else that was here? where I was going. Later in other books, this is actually in Bean's stories, who's a character we will meet later, yeah. Ali becomes a major leader, and it shows his leadership capacity, things like that. Okay. He becomes the caliphate. Oh, yeah, we'll get to that. Oh. We'll get to that. Yeah, he we'll get becomes, to that when we get to the end of the book, too. Yeah. Well, you don't see it quite, do you, at the end I of the I don't think they see it. In the final battle, there's a big section about Ender and Ali. And Ali, yes, but I'm oh, saying, okay, like, yeah. In Bean's stories, he become he eventually does go down to Earth, and he becomes the Caliphate. He takes and helps uh, Bean and a few other people get a little bit the world back to a regular order. Oh, I guess neat. I would wow. say it is. Cool. It, they give Ali a very good back, a very good story in the Bean right. series. Well, we get to this at the end. We end with the disturbing game again where the giant keeps setting drinks before him and he always chooses wrong. Dunk your head in acid, yeah. drink it, and choke. So <laughs> he ends up, for, for him being so smart, it took him a real long time to figure this one out. Well, he just thinks outside the box. He cheats. He burrows into no, his I mean, eye. No, I mean, obviously, like, it's, yeah. it's to like, push the drink. Like, obviously, neither of those choices are correct. Yeah. So what's the third... Like, Push it off the table. Do, do, to be fair, I to be fair, I kind of like this idea he, though too, of the oh open God. world. Yeah, he did. He did push it off the table, and he was he was killed a few times. He he said there. It talks about it where. Oh, I thought that. I thought that's what he happened. He pushed, pushed it off, off the table, and then he attacked the giant. He did, but he just reacted differently versus what normally happens. Normally, it's A or B. He oh, was yeah, pushed it off the table. The giant also reacted with, instead of, you know, you die in there and I laugh, it was, well, then I'm going to kill you with my hand. Okay. Right. Like, okay. so he did do those different and things. And since I didn't really care two craps about anything that happened <laughs> uh, in I, this game, I truth, didn't even think about what was going at on. At this point, I was very enthused by the open game structure. Yeah. That's that's what I liked is the oh, fact okay. that you can do anything it, you want. It's an it is an absolutely true open gaming world. It's the it's not that it, it's yeah, it's not it's <laughs> it's not the open but you're still he's still on the screen. That's true. Yeah. But it's the true open gaming world where you can literally go anywhere and things can happen and you can you, yeah, yeah. you never reach that that point where you walk into the where you walk into the yeah. Truman Show game wall like you right. do in any yeah. in any what we call yeah. open. Although, and, and, and and I mean we we've I don't think any of us are really that big of a fan of the fantasy world, but no, the I, uh, the only part here um, in the audiobook is the worst part of this audiobook is once he goes into the giant oh. and he comes into the, the the elf world. I don't remember the fairy yeah. world. Yeah. Yeah. Um, this bat comes by and it, and it's the guy's choice of a voice. He went straight for freaking Count Chocula. <laughs> and, and it just absolutely ruined my immersion. Like, and, and Ender's there in a... In a Welcome, Ender. Welcome, Ender, to Fairyland. What are you looking at? And I'm like, I need to take a break. I'm like, pause. Wow. <laughs> wow. You, are the, you are the only so one bad. to make it this far. One. Ah. 
Ah, blue, vote you have one, one choice. Ah, 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 you must do this. Betty, 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 Betty. Oh, man. Yeah, okay. I, <laughs> I actually, thinking back to that mind game, it did talk about how Ender would slowly, he was analyzing his opponent. He right. tried different things, and then eventually he dodged the hand this time and then worked the way up. And But even though it's a victory, out. we see again uh, Ender is wrestling with him, himself, right? Like he, the yes. Peter half of him. Uh, is is causing him to cheat and be deceptive and murder. But, that and was murder, his big thing. Is he didn't want to kill the giant. He, he just, just murdered, and and so now he feels bad. The Valentine side of yes. him is coming out, and now he feels remorseful about having having done this. Like so there's this duality. That's been annoying you, and then you feel bad for punching. Him. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. So again, I think Ender uh, is enduring himself as being, you know, uh, uh, a very nuanced character. I, I, I do I do like Ender. All right, so we're into chapter seven, Salamander. So you know, as long as, long as the chapter's titled this, um, maybe we can get into it a, l- a little bit. Um, some of the names of these armies, um, like Salamander, Salamander, Rat. Um, was, <laughs> is there a rabbit one? Yeah. I, yeah. Uh, mm, okay. Leopard, Condor. Condor. I Condor's will. cool. Condor's cool. I mean, he's, leopard's all right. Animals. You don't like the salamander. Now I'm going to bring up a little mythology here. I just got done with my yearly reading of Fahrenheit 451. Can we just the, interject here that when in every show you say your yearly reading, uh, people will think you constantly have this book of shelf of books that you read every single year. He's a teacher. He does it in class. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> well, yes. I actually, yeah, I mean, even knowing you, I had that picture. Right? <laughs> <laughs> there, there, is, there is like 12 books that he reads once a year in a cycle. Now here's the question, do you actually read it or do you just have the kids read it? Uh, no, I do I do a lot of reading with my kids okay. in order to explain okay. imagery such as the salamander. The salamander in 451, uh, Ray Bradbury uses that because the salamander in mythology is thought of to be an animal that can go into the fire and come out unscathed. Ooh, I like that. And so that. using that as the name of one of the armies, that's directly what I jumped into. And, I mean, we're talking a guy who's published an analog. He is going to be steeped in the oeuvre of, uh, of 1950s and 60s sci-fi. Oh, and that's classic exa- mythology, that's, et cetera, That's et cetera. where he's getting this from. Very good. And again, like imagery that. here for the beginning of Ender's career here in battle school. He can continually go into the fire, and he's right. the one who comes out, at least most of the time, physically unscathed. I love If that. not mentally unscathed. Nice. All right. Yeah, it's okay, I guess. <laughs> um, once, once again, Luke, at the beginning, our speakers hammer home the fact that Ender is uh, young and smart and not a typical kid. And I think, <laughs> and you know what? Calm you know down, what? I, you know what? I think he's getting a little too comfortable. Let's change. Let's br- let's change the rules again on him. Right. That is something that we're meant. We are meant to be against the adults here. Right. Very much because they do keep changing the rules. They do keep. Uh, psychologically torturing Ender here because, wait, no, I just learned the game. Mm. Well, too bad. Well, too bad, and they keep changing the rules, but it is something that really goes into his psyche on, well, I have to keep thinking differently. Right. I have to keep doing this. And the discussions that the two adults have about, you know, the one 
who we think is supposed to be the loving adult at the beginning here, Anderson, and yeah. Graf is supposed to be the big mean military guy, and how it's those are actually well, how Anderson, those actually start flipping as the book goes on. Right. Anderson's not even hasn't really been introduced in the book yet. This is, I think, Anderson's oh, almost kind of just a disembodied if, voice. If yeah, mm-hmm. this is just a disembodied voice. Yeah. You've never seen him as a character. Yeah, really. Yet. And it, if this is Anderson at all, it might not be. Yeah, I, I guess I don't. I don't know for sure, but in the audiobook, at least it was two different voice actors. So I always knew okay. Like when those voices would come around, like, okay, well, that guy came up when Graf was talking, so that's probably Graf. Right. Um, and and I, just, I see the two military guys smoking, you know, smoking cigarettes in the colonel's office, going, all right, where we're going to change things up now. Right. Yeah. How are we going to mess with these kids' minds? Well, and I see this uh, completely speaking to, like, the counterculture uh, that would have been getting older at the time, after the 1960s, where that whole thing that they used to, you know, one of the mantras was don't trust anybody over 30. And so by Ooh. making the parents mm. just kind of the disembodied wah-wah-wahs from Peanuts, wow. these people are disembodied voices. But the people doing all the fighting, say in Vietnam, are you know the draftees that are eighteen years old, you know, uh, and and young kids. That that's what he's kind of setting up is you know, uh, just when we think you know we we just got to Nam, and just when we think we know how the game is played, things just keep changing for us. And there was always this idea that the hierarchy in Vietnam was dropping the ball and wasn't mm-hmm. didn't have clear objectives and things like that. And that's kind of the feel I'm getting here is this kind of muddy take on the Vietnam War of that we're training young kids to fight this war and it's all propaganda and nobody really has a plan. And, and nobody really knows what the enemy is doing. Yeah, right, exactly. They say they know what the enemy is doing, but nobody knows what the enemy is really doing. We're being lied to. In fact, we're even starting to be told that there's communication problems we've learned about. Have we learned about Russia yet? That Russia and the Warsaw Pact and there's all that stuff happening. We might. uh, Can we... Can I ask Mr. History, <laughs> history teacher here the Warsaw Pact was is that a was that a real So thing? so yeah yes it was. Okay that I, I had a feeling um but just like I don't I felt like this was so far in the future that that's still being a thing. I don't, so I don't that would know. be all like in the Cold War, you know, us versus Russia. Mm-hmm. You know, so Warsaw Pact was kind of Russia's answer to our own like NATO. You okay. Know, like okay. A, a kind of an organization of nations that you know were kind and of it's unified. It's kind of that, isn't it? The standard nations you think of as basically Russian, but not Russian. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. They play fast, yeah. fast and loose with the uh, you know um, yeah, whether or not they were nations. Truly. Yeah, and, yeah. We, and we, I, just to bring up, I, we're at about page sixty six, sixty seven in my book. Yeah, and really, this audiobook is saving me. Um, <laughs> Mostly um, in having to be done with the book in time. I, I don't know that if I had been reading this for real that I would have been able to finish in time. Because there is a lot of stuff happening for sure. Right. Uh, Ender's doing things. Other children are doing things. And they're out right. of place. And now we're going to throw in some weird world politics when we're not on the world anymore. And, yeah, I'm... Yeah. So I do agree with you. The, the outside the of we- Ender's The stuff, wheels are spinning here. The outside of battle school stuff that they keep throwing in here right. does bog it down. And you know, but I'm telling you, it feels, because it feels like stuff attached to the outside of a cart. I mean, this is, this is Orson Scott Card padding out his original draft of Ender's Game, and it, and it I, feels I think, like it's something shoved in and tacked no, right. Knowing that about the book, I, I yes, I agree yeah. with you. I yeah. am going to defend this. <laughs> I, I am going Go to figure. defend this. I know, shocker, right? Uh, 
Mainly good, good. because I want a world. Right. What I always have an issue with in certain things, and actually I think we've complained about it. Yeah. There is no world. Why are they doing this? Yeah, right. Here's why. It gives us reasons. It yeah. makes us think of later on things that could ha happen. It makes your imagination start to go in my mind versus just the do this now. Right. It it gives you an option to expand on it versus mm -hmm. just having to sit there and follow somebody else's imagination. I, 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 I think I would have been better with the Warsaw Pact stuff, the when we get into Valentine and Peter stuff, maybe as an accompanying book. Right. Maybe I mean, maybe it's like the Rogue One instead right. of the instead of the New Hope. Right. They, they basically do. and and the, the next the beans the bean series that is basically uh, Russia and a few other nations all right. go a little crazy. Right, it's great. Is well, Bean Russian? Uh, no, he's um, he doesn't really have. He's a genetic experiment, to be very honest. Oh, really? Bean. Yeah, okay. I when bean we, is a rocket. What? <laughs> <laughs> when we when we Rocket get later paper. on and we start talking about being more, I'll, oh, I'll give you okay. I'll, I'll give you guys a little bit of a data dump. Yeah, basically. Yeah, oh God. Okay. okay. <laughs> yeah, yeah, actually, I'm just saying a funny word for a raccoon. No, um, that, that is actually basically what he was. It's a good description. Huh. Weird. Huh. It, I've never read any of the other books. I never intend to either. Um, <laughs> I, it's, well, I got so, get, <laughs> so 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 Luke, you were going to go on there. You were gonna go on with something here? Um, yeah, it's. I don't know. It, it, Paul, Paul, I get where you're coming from. Um, expanding the world is good. I just want to know where we're going. Right. Like I and I really feel like it's just kind of stuff happening. Well, the battle room stuff is good. Right. Well, I feel that it's it's not seamlessly transitioned. Like I oh, agree with no. you too, Paul. That I want a world that's created. If there's one thing about this world that is not being fleshed out at all, and I think it's intentional because we find out at the end uh, that there's deception involved, it's the buggers and this war. We, I am being asked to invest all of these chapters and time in a training of a character to fight an enemy that I really don't know. And again, like about. and again, like I said, like I said earlier. Um, I can really see the, you know, the whole, and I hate to bring this up because yeah. it's such a, a dumb, the Starship Troopers thing is such yeah. a dumb series. <laughs> That's okay. But no, you I can, think it's But you can, you can see where, yeah, the idea is from Ender's yeah. Game. Yeah, they got their ideas. It's the propaganda. It's the, yeah. it's the, we're going to go, like you said, even with the Vietnam War, we're going to go and fight the bad guys. Well, who are the bad guys and why are they the bad guys? Shut up, they're the bad guys. I was they're the bad guys. Uh, just like. You say that about about the movie. People will say that about me in Vietnam because that's exactly what I would say. Before the Vietnam War, most Americans couldn't find Vietnam on a map. So yeah. it's the same. Most Americans can't find Vietnam on a map. They right currently now. can't find yeah. it on a map. But but you would have people going like, "Who are we going to fight for? What the, the communism? Uh, Ho Chi Minh? Well, what's what what? And right? <laughs> and Ho Chi Who? Yeah, it wouldn't make any sense. Uh, but yet we're gearing up and we're training and we're going to war. You know, um, and so again, I'm still seeing all these analogies to Vietnam. And, and, I do. And, sorry, I'm going to jump go ahead, in here. Go, go. I, I want to. How dare? I know. It's I'm just what we do. Uh, it's when we are talking. When we talked about that Warsaw Pact thing, mm -hmm. that's in the adult world. When it's not in that kid world. R when right, when right. I have I when it. when we have when we're having this discussion about fleshing out the world. And like, I want to just know what Ender. Thi I just want to know. Keep keep talking about Ender things like that. 
but we switch worlds. In my mind, there are two kind of mini... There's a mini story, and then there's Ender's World. Later on in Chapter 9, they kind of mix. Right. Which well, I know we'll talk about, I think, later, but... And let me ask you two guys, yeah. Bob and Luke, let me ask you this. Would you have been better with more talk about the Warsaw Pact, more talk about the extenuating world, and throwing this whole Fairyland video game to the yes. side? Yeah. Because I think that's where I get bogged down. Yeah. Is we talk about outside okay. world, outside world, outside world, and then even in this chapter, we go back into the video game with wolf children in an acid river next to a playground. I really hated that part, too. But right <laughs> before we get to uh, the wolf children, uh, I guess I'm of two minds kind of of this world building. Number one, I'm a Cold War kid, so I have a really odd fascination. Great band. <laughs> uh, great band. Uh, I have a weird, odd uh, love relationship, I guess, to anything Cold War. So Warsaw Pact and all of that stuff being brought brought in love it I you know it turns my lights on um, but at the same time um, it also makes me go so what's up with this world that we're talking about it acts at it makes me ask more questions than I get answers maybe oh, that's okay. a good thing and maybe it's not uh, yeah. but for me I'm going like okay so the entire planet was almost destroyed supposedly by a bugger invasion yet we're still having like Cold War politics going on on the planet Earth like most books take the Earth unifies after an invasion, mm -hmm. you know, because it's hu now humanity, it's humanity versus the other instead yeah, it, of versus itself. Well, if, and if this was painting any sort of picture in my brain for me, it was that the buggers were fake. Yes. As a way to unify the planet. Or, yeah. I even thought that the buggers were not fake, but were the Russians, and that we were training people oh, to wow. go and fight uh, this war against the Russians. Except what? for the Russians were in charge of half of it. Yeah, well, yeah, that's the one thing. The <laughs> it was something that shot into my mind. And just okay. something, just something that popped in here, popped into my head here as you were talking about that too. The first two invasions were eighty and a hundred years ago. Right. So yeah. maybe, maybe that's the idea here. Is we did have that unified presence right after we fought the war. Right. And then we haven't had a collect. You know, we as human beings, a lot of times, if we don't have a collective enemy to fight, we'll fight each other. Yeah, exactly. So we went, we've gone back to fighting each yeah, other. Yeah, I like that. that. And there's slowly, yeah. for some reason, we have to be prepared for that eventuality that we will be fighting each other. It is, it's one of those where Russia is just kind of doing what Russia does and is always prepared to fight because it's Russia. Right. But at the same time, then there's this whole, if I really step back and, go, and if I'm going to question everything, I'm going to go, okay, so we've created a society where we can travel kind of across the stars. We can invade another planet. We have a weapon that can... Uh, destroy atoms and it bounces between all kinds of different ships oh, and stuff we'll, like this. We'll get into Doctor Device. Do we? Like, do we, we, know? we we do. I think, and we we have all of this technology. It would take an enormous undertaking by any nation, country, people, and yet the world is still factioned. Like I feel, there's too many disparate pieces working against each other to create this, to for this to seem like a a reality. And you know, it, it feels like really good half-baked ideas where you're going to question society and and politics. You know, yeah, this is again why I'm thinking he was a hippie at the yeah, time. Yeah. It's like, this is really good half-baked ideas, but as a whole, they don't collectively fit together. It's like, again, it goes back, then things that I worked through in my mind, like, so then why are they training kids like this? And why, you know, like, like none of it really jives together as a realistic future. Okay. But it's got really cool ideas and really cool set pieces. And I'm thinking here, to go along with what you're looking at too, Bob, think about it in this respect is, again, it, I keep bringing up this, it's been 80 and 100 years since this, <laughs> yes. since these last invasions happened. 
is it, you know, the overall quote unquote world government trying to hold on to what unified us so they keep making stuff up? Right. To yeah. kind of hold on to to kind of, you know, now that we've become corrupted again in, in the world in the world organization, are they holding on to this thing that they thought was controlling the masses? Right. And people on Earth really aren't even thinking about that anymore, so they're going back and hitting each other? I would go with that, except for the trouble is, in the end of this book, we find out the reality of the entire situation is that we are still fighting the buggers, only we're but annihilating we're them. But we're not. We're annihilating We're not them. fighting them. No, oh, we, no. we are genociding. We are the invading party. Yeah, yeah we are, we're invading. We're not defending But ourselves. at the same time, we're the just... Russians would know this, the Warsaw Pact would know this, we would know... Again, I'm saying the entire Earth is investing... An incredible amount of resources to maintain a fight that it is keeping from the public and it is training children to do, but yet can't get their crap together enough to even unify on the planet. Like, there's a lot of that that doesn't seem real. Like 1967 well, hey, you know to 1971 what? America. No, 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 no. You know what? You know what? Um, <laughs> well, we weren't you brought up invasion. You brought up Vietnam. That's not even the same, though, because you, that you is... Guys, guys, you know what? You, that you, is you, a war of containment, not a, not a, you know, in a small country, not a war against another race that bruh, can destroy the planet. Bruh, you're, you're harsh but the commun- but the uh, com- let's, uh, okay. But the communists are going to destroy the planet. Okay, 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 okay. Russians, conspiracy theories, and hippies aside, chapter seven, salamander. <laughs> <laughs> can we talk about the book? Yeah. We'll get to it this We're getting to it, man. So, hey, uh, hey, we know you're not old enough yet, kid, but we're going to stick you with some a-holes. Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you. <laughs> I love you guys. So, um, back into chapter seven, salamander. Uh, Ender's been thrown into a new army. Right. And this is the one, Is this, this is with Bonzo? No, Bonzo. This is with Bonzo. 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 I don't remember. Um, Yeah, yeah, he's French. A Frenchman. Uh, Uh, He hates Ender. No, no, he's not French. He's Spanish. It's a Spanish. Oh, honor. You're, you're right. Yeah. Spanish you're right, you're honor. Right. Yeah, which they, they make kind of a lot of. Which, which I went to Ronald Reagan in bedtime for Bonzo, where <laughs> 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 he's a monkey. Wow, there's a, it's a real monkey. <laughs> oh my, what God. a reference! <laughs> Even Ronald Reagan. God, I'm loving this podcast more and more. <laughs> um, um, we have this very sweet scene here where Ali comes up to him, and we have you know kind of a two different cultures coming together. Ali very sweetly says. Um, Salim, kiss Salam. 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 Uh, white boy from northern Minnesota. Salami. Uh, <laughs> says, says Salam, kisses him. I thought that was very nice because, again, it shows that... Forbidden the, religion. Forbid, forbidden religion yeah. and the two cultures getting along. Right. Very, very Bradbury, very Roddenberry, yada, yada, yada. Mm-hmm. Right, which, again, I think this is... Uh, if I can't take... I don't know what to think of Arson Scott. <laughs> again, I can't... I don't know what to think of Orson Scott card because... He himself is very religious, so I like that he's painting this picture of a future where religion is kind of put upon and it it needs to be kept secret and underground. But at the same time, he's also painting what I thought was this view of the government as being like, you know, or this military structure hierarchy as being very evil and, you know, Mm -hmm. you know. Uh, keeping things from from children, and at least at least at this point, painting. Even though he is very religious within his yeah. religion, he paints a very respectable kid character of another uh, religion. of another religion. But then you find out, Card is very much into uh, the structure of government, and that's government should like 
guide everything. Hey, he doesn't fit into any box. He fits into no box. <laughs> or, or a giant's body, for that matter. <laughs> anyway, uh, Ender is really sad that he's leaving, so he goes and plays a video game. Oh, okay. um, Which, yeah. that part at least I understand, but yeah, not this yeah. game. No, nope. I don't like yeah, this yeah, game. Yeah. No. So there's this playground with children. Sky, Skyrim's pretty weird. I love that game. The um, children laugh at him. They turn into wolves. They devour him. Like who? Who would play this game on their spare time? <laughs> I, well, if in this point he didn't play it, I, I I'm trying to think if he played. There's one point in the book where he plays the game by accident almost. In mm. the game room, he goes back to it and just starts playing it. Or am I mixing books up? I don't know. You're mixing, right. mixing books up. That's yeah. Bean. Never mind. That's not That's um, not Ender. That's Bean. No, Ender goes Bean. and he plays the game and he goes and dances around the giant's yeah. bones. And then we go to a playground and there's kids on the playground, but nobody will play with them. And then they turn into wolves. And then we find out that the river, the only way to kill the wolves is the river of acid next to the playground. Yeah, I don't know what any of this means and I don't care. Because yeah. where else would you and, keep and a river really, of acid? I, 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 yeah. I I don't remember this part, and you know what? It's inconsequential because it, does, <laughs> it, it doesn't do it anything. doesn't mean anything. I get um, yeah. uh, uh, different levels. If you really want to get into the inside workings of Ender mm-hmm. and what's going on in his mind, then this is the yeah. stuff for you. And he, I don't care. You know, may, it may, maybe on a maybe book. on a reread, this would be right. something that you could just dive into. But on a first read, when I'm no. just trying to figure out what the heck is going on. Well, and yeah, again, yeah. we get into well, these. Say no, uh, we get I, into the horrible I, adults that program this game because. Or, or they didn't because the game's kind of programming itself. Yes, it's, it's AI. Like, and that's I honestly, if if I were, were you and went back and read the book, I still wouldn't care about this. <laughs> I, the only reason I thought they were getting him to commit, trying to get him to commit suicide. Yeah, the only reason I oh, care wow. about this because the snake Ooh. at the end of the world goes, "Death is the only escape." <laughs> and it's like, oh. what? What's going on here? Wow. He's six wow. or eight or however old yeah. he is at this point. Wow. The the only reason I care about this game is because of the later on books with Jane. Well, that's so it. that you, yeah, you get so more. So that's the only reason I would say if you're just going back and rereading it, you still won't care. Well, Ender transfers. Let's get to this character, mm-hmm. Petra, the yeah, only girl, uh, and she's a polyglot. Um, I love what her line that she says if they gave Battle School an enema, they'd stick it in at green, green, brown. <laughs> <laughs> so Which is the their color code to get to their stuff. Right? I, I really do kind of like this. Again, to the me, color code? Yeah. it yeah. comes out as being very 80s, very like something from Tron or something else. I, know, I, I felt like a, a, yeah, a dose of realism there. Like, hey, yeah. hey, you know what? Some of these doors go outside. Yeah. Don't open them. Right. Well, and You'll you, die, we'll die, we'll all die. You follow your series of lights down the hall mm-hmm. and, uh, you know, to wherever you're supposed to go. I really kind of liked this uh, color coding mm-hmm. that they had. Um, but yeah, Bonzo Madrid, the leader, we kind of already Bonzo. talked about. Yeah. Hey, you're small. Yeah. He hits Petra. Yeah. <laughs> With just the tips of his fingers. With just yeah, the tips, yeah. He just slaps her lightly. What you kind of feel is this, is this so, is kind of fancy, like, like he should have t- really taken off his leather glove. And, yeah. and uh, <laughs> you you insult my honor. You insult, yeah, exactly. Um, but I I do love most of the exchanges between Ender and Petra. If there's one thing that I wish was fleshed out more, it's the relationship between Ender and Petra. I agree. Mm-hmm. I agree. Mm-hmm. Especially once we get towards the end. Well, yeah. he's in love with his sister or something. So we'll I don't know. we'll get <laughs> well. And I, <laughs> and I do like the fact that he is given the one girl here to be friends with. Mm-hmm. He worries for a moment about his you know. Oh God! Nobody else is gonna like me if I'm friends with the girl, but nobody likes me now, so I might as well be friends with the girl. Right, yeah. right. But it's through their talking together that they they he both he starts to realize anyway that the adults are the enemy, mm-hmm. um, and not the other army. And this is, I guess, where I have in my notes written that the whole "don't trust anybody over thirty 
Pentagon Papers, Nixon, like the whole thing I, is what I felt uh, here. Um, well, and you have the you have the weak you have the weakling in the infantry unit that yeah. you know nobody respects, nobody likes. Mm-hmm. That turns out you know he's not allowed to do anything because you're you're small. Yeah, and okay, right. <laughs> he isn't allowed to do anything, so he decides to just okay. Well, I'm gonna go practice and do my own do my own thing, and I'll do my own push-ups, and I'll so go yeah, ahead and practice. Because it, it turns out Bonzo is a real bozo. Um, right. He's not leading his army well at all. Uh, it's all about his honor. Right. Um. So he ends up what well, like holding his own little practices. Is this with the launches? Yeah. This, That's right. the this is where the okay. yeah. This is where he brings in the launches and starts to form. He brings back those old relationships that mm-hmm. he's built and says, hey, let's train. I've seen how they do things. Let's figure out how to destroy them. Right. To me, this is where there's a little bit of adrenaline that gets uh, injected into this book. Yes, that I like. especially after what we just went through with the with with the with the outside war stuff and then right. the video game. We needed this adrenaline. Right. This, this is where point. it gets very video gamey, where it's just like, you know, he does this launchy thing. Uh, they're training. It's like that training montage. Cue Rocky music. And then it's just like, insert coin, Salamander versus Condor. Fight! <laughs> Salamander versus Leopard. Fight! Yeah. And I love the fact that, I love the fact here too, though, that He's not allowed to do anything but stand by the doorway during all the fights. Oh, I, I, so he ends up with awesome stats on the stat board. Yeah. And everybody's <laughs> even more pissed off at him now. One shot, one kill. <laughs> right, right. Um, yeah, no, I, I, I love the way he rebels against Bonzo. Um, you know, yes, I love it. Hey, I'll follow orders. Just stands there. Yeah, right. I don't care, dude. Yeah, I like it. Mm-hmm. Uh, but actually, you know, I think, I, I think I'm mixing up points in the book. Uh, I think beforehand here with all of... Those battle scenes, I had I, that's where I was having an issue because not a lot was happening. It's now when you know the arcade style, like yeah. okay, you got to fight, and it gives us a lot of action quickly, di- rather yeah, quickly. yeah, and it's it, it's I feel like it's described well. Um, right. It's no Red Rising, <laughs> um, <laughs> but you know, no, it's good, it's good. I it's it's different. There's zero. Or what do they call it? Nullo? Yeah. yeah Nullo. I thought that was super When cool. in Nullo. I like a lot when of the words that they throw yeah. out. <laughs> and we have this kind of half-hearted mind of Ender here, too, where he's like, why am I here? Yeah. yeah right. Oh, I'm here to protect Valentine. And then he goes into like this very graphic, detailed description of so the bugs don't come down and spill her brains out like rising bread dough. <laughs> Whoa, bud. I do not remember that. At all. I I don't I don't either. Yeah. <laughs> but um but yeah, so we got the Salamander versus Condor, he wins. Salamander versus Leopard, win. Uh, or is it draw? They, it's a draw. I was gonna say I know I know yeah. that they lose at some point. Yeah. They dr- they well draw. then they get yeah, and then they get to, then then we get to Salamander versus Leopard. Yeah. Fight. Mm-hmm. Uh but because of all of that, the draw scenario, Bonzo keeps trying to get rid of him. He tries mm-hmm. to trade him to Rat Army. Well he doesn't he doesn't try yet. The, with the he trades them to rap. It them. is, it is, right away with that draw when he gets, when they finally get but a it's draw. At, yeah, it's after Leopard. Yeah, it's after Leopard because, because he, he, he disobeyed orders. Yeah, he blatantly disobeyed orders. Yeah, that's what I'm orders. saying. It was, yeah. A, yeah. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. Because yeah. didn't he lose one at one point and Bonzo still was like, you do not fire your gun. I do know. Yeah, he, it was one where they yeah. lost, they lost one battle and. Correct, that was the one before Leopard. Everybody. Oh, yeah, he so he gets them, sick. He gets sick of it. Do not, yeah. Do not do that. And then finally, he was like. Screw you, we're not losing. Yeah, it's stupid. I still want to win. And that's when he. And that's but, the one that ends in a tie, and then after yeah. that one, he gets traded to Leopard. Right, because, yeah, or rat. Bonzo rat. comes in, punches him in the jaw. Yeah, yeah. Right. Uh, and Ender resolves to never let that happen again. So, chapter eight, Rat. Um, Colonel Graf, Major Anderson, finally for sure named. Yes. Uh, they're the voices at the beginning. Reporting for um, 
There's strife over Graf's methods. He wants to break all the rules in order to mm -hmm. make Ender the best. But Anderson is worried about the reputation of the school. So. I mean, really? Does it matter what the no. reputation is? No. no. Not one iota because you've got an entire governmental echelon that is keeping everything from the, the people. Yeah. Well, and we, we, have this, so, we have this line drop here, too, at the end of the Anderson graph what if, what if thing. The, what if the buggers find out that we're being mean? Uh, well, <laughs> it's the... You, you settle down. Don't worry about the... What does the reputation of the school matter when we're invading the buggers? Yeah. Wait, what? Yeah. Ooh, I missed that. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> wait, good. wait, what? Are the buggers coming after you? And yeah. then it's just kind of... And then he just, like, kicks Anderson out of his office and we go back oh, good to the, catch. the next yeah, scene. Good, that is, yeah, that is really a good, good catch. catch. But yeah, I don't understand why they're worried about the reputation of the school. I, yeah, I, I feel that's just a... That's a nothing. It's a military complex. The military can kind of do whatever they want. I, I, I guess it does kind of come around at the end when there is all those, uh, there's like lawsuits involved, oh, which trials. I mean, there, there always is. Yeah. yeah. yeah right, there always right. is. That was very realistic at the end of the war. Yeah, yeah actually. Yeah. Actually. Yeah, um, yeah. So we get into Rat Army. We get we, the leader of the Rat the Army. The leader of the Rose <laughs> de, Rose de Nose. I, what do you guys think of this name? Uh, naming convention of Rose de Nose. Um, well, like, okay. It's I, something I, kids would do. It, yeah, it is. Yeah, that's true. That was immediately yeah. what I thought of was this was a kid who wanted to make himself his own. He wanted to have his own personality, so he made himself his own personality. Right. Okay, stuff that could with. appear anti-Semitic. There we go. Book, that's, um, is naming your uh, naming your character Rose Denos uh, when he's Jewish and people of Jewish descent have a a um, stereotype as having a larger nose, and I can say that because one of my grandmothers was Jewish. <laughs> so Ooh, and reaching. Yeah. See, I went. Off, I I will admit I went off the rails here. I assumed Rose was a Rose was a a girl. I did too. I actually. Did oh really? Too. I, really? Never, I never did. Yeah, no. I didn't. I didn't think. About yeah, no, it, it, took, it took a little bit into this chapter before I figured it out. Yeah. Really? Yeah. Okay. Because the name Rose, it, it, yeah. I only know one dude named Rose, and he owns like emus out in Palo. <laughs> or his what? It, or his first name's Axel. But yeah, it's true. But what I like though, Orson Scott Card is flipping everything here. Like it's like, oh, he's a Jew, and lets everybody knows it. But instead of there being a negative thing against that, it's like Jews have a reputation of winning wars. Yeah, he talks in this about universe. he talks about uh, how Mazer was, and how yeah, that's why Mazer he always. Raccoon. That's why he always talks about how he's one too and everything like that. Yeah, so. yeah, and Mazer Rackham's a Maori New Zealander as well. Like I love yeah. all of the like he is twisting a lot of preconceptions. He's taking a lot of things that I think are it's a good idea when you're talking about the future. Stereotypical, mm -hmm. but yeah. throwing them in a blender and kind of throwing them out the other end. Yeah. And it, like it kind of yeah. survived, but so, not in the way you think. Yeah, yeah. exactly. So like Ender it. gets assigned to this this dude's. Tomb, well, for, for, which is short for platoon. Yeah, he, he gets assigned I, to Dink Meeker's tomb. I like the name Dink Meeker. I do Dink, like the name. I, Dink Meeker's funny, but Dink Meeker's tune sounds like a, a like scheduled block on Cartoon Network. Uh, <laughs> or, or, or it's one of the side shots on Animaniacs. I've been reading the name the wrong for all... Did you call him Dirk? Yeah. <laughs> no, he's Dink. I, yeah, it's an N, it's not an R. It's D-I-N-K. I have been reading D-I-R-K. Your entire life. Entire life. It's in my uh, synopsis. 
Really? I called him Dirk. Oh, oh I didn't, I didn't catch it. it. Oh, sorry. I did because that's just how I've always been reading him. Freaking dink. Well, you've read you've read a lot of Custler too, so that's true. That, yeah, that, that, that jumped. Yeah, that yeah, jumped in there. Yeah, yeah, that's true. So, so but Dink Meeker, and he's like, all right, well, I want you to keep. And he's another guy who I picture wanting to be one of the guys with the toothpick. Yeah, who just like, yeah. well, I want you to keep training with the with the launches and uh, tell me what's going on so that you can make me look good. Yeah. Right, <laughs> right. All right, that's it. You're in Dink's tune. All right, squirt. All right, squirt. Get over here. Move it, football head. Uh, Okay, let's... (laughs) um... (laughs) But Dink is really good. And so Ender learns from him, which is really smart, and then teaches it to Ali at night. Yeah, absolutely. Mm -hmm. Dink, you later on learn that he was offered command. He he pretty much said, nah. He he did that. Screw the man. Well, no, he's one of those soldiers who, no, I take orders. I don't give command. I'm really good at taking orders. And I'm really good at making my team win, but I'm not the captain. Right. So this is where we get a lot of this stuff about the uh, how it's tough for people to shift their orientation of focus when they enter the battle room for that, you know, the door is like falling down. We get this whole rat versus centipede fight. Um, and Ender <laughs> creams the enemy uh, using his frozen <laughs> legs to shoot through the crotch maneuver. This is the point that we've already referenced in my notes where I put like, so what is all this about with the freezing legs and shooting through the crotch? And we've already talked this, and I yeah. like what you came up uh, with for the reason for that. At listeners, what do you what do you guys think? I yeah, guess. give us I, some feedback. I guys. would like you to yeah give us your ideas on on uh, the relationship this has to the outside battle besides leadership. I think we can all agree yeah. on that outside of the box thinking and and, oh, and Rose and, and Rose is ticked but, with a lot of the things that Ender and Dink start doing here. Oh because yeah, because that that's not how you do it. Isn't yeah. that the point of why we're here? Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> we have this weird, you know, things things are learned. We have the battles fought. Again, Bob, why are we why are we doing the battles? Yeah. We don't know yet. <laughs> we have this weird scene here um, where Ender... Dink and Ender talk about their family, but they're not supposed to. No. Yeah, it seems like they're talking about a tab- very taboo Very topic taboo. Where it's... And let me ask you this. While they're talking about this, are they skinny dipping? <laughs> no. I, I, they were in the battle room, weren't they? Yes, but it talks about like they're not wearing suits in the battle room. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh, they're, no, they're, they're floating around. They're not wearing flash suits in the battle room. So what are they wearing? You're just your uniform. Yeah, it's can we just okay, let's, let's, let's get out of there? Let's come out of this for a little bit because yeah. they're what Club is touching on is in this book people lay around naked a lot. Yes. Yeah, they do. Yeah. So these, yeah, little, these little kids are, lay around. Kids lay kids. around yeah. naked a lot. We are talking six to eight year olds just laying around naked a lot. And if there was one time I was not naked, it was six to eight. So this is where I, I think why. Orson Scott Card. Nine by, to now, you, well, you're naked now. So Orson, right? Scott, Orson Scott Card going it's with young kids. Yeah. Going with young kids. Mm-hmm. Is mixing and blending things that aren't working quite together. He's going with the I want to make this seem it, like it, soldiers that are in the barracks and are just like we're all like eighteen to twenty, comfortably hanging around with our junk out. Yeah. Where if you know anything about six to eight year olds, yeah, all of them are gonna be wearing underwear. This isn't oh, platoon yeah. where we're yeah. in, where we're in the hut and our yeah. skivvy smoking weed. Yeah. 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 Exactly. yeah. And I think yeah. that's what he's trying to go for. This, and it, it doesn't this work. This does six have to eight an air of. I, I Don't had a, I, say it. No, this is an era. <laughs> I, I had a really good idea back in analog, and I'm trying to just make that idea work. Yeah. Well, I mean, this was book. This book was made 
during the analog time. Well, it was yeah. 77, and I'm sure it was... No, 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 the analog magazine. Analog magazine. Oh, okay. Although, yeah, I, yeah, although that's, that's what I meant. Like, he, he, had, he had a really good idea in that book, and he's trying his damnedest to make it work, which he... In a full-blown novel. Yeah. Which, yeah. to be fair, he is kind of bringing it from analog to digital. Uh, yeah, he, he is. is. He yeah. Um, but it's you're you're right. There is weird stuff. He shouldn't have he should have either made the timeline shorter or something and padded it somewhere else. Yeah, he should have bit the bullet. These, and kids, made... these kids can't be this young and be doing this stuff. Ender should have started this at about eight to nine and should have ended this somewhere around sixteen. Well, and we yeah. get a couple lines in here too with Dink talking about, you know, well, I've read books about kids. <laughs> We're not kids. Yeah. Um yeah. no. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I do feel like there's. Yeah, yes, that's in the book, but um, no to the idea. Yeah, well, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I, I think there's the yeah credibility can only be bent so far that it breaks. Well, and, and if you want to inject some you know genetic modification with you know kids walking around talking like adults and yeah, you know, yeah, yeah. The, yeah. The, the put it in the book like yeah, don't... yeah. <laughs> I, I think in our time frame with the amount of sci-fi and the amount of you know truthfully, a little bit of human cloning and a little bit of DNA stuff that we're doing now to our children, mm. I think we take a much different bent on this than 1985 or 1970, whatever it was. Yeah, we still got, like, the relativity of, like, time travel and stuff in there. That's, like, pretty spot on, but, mm. which I know was Einstein, which right. was further back. But still, um, he's he has this... He's, he doesn't fit into any box. No, he doesn't. He has the, like, this... I mean, the, the sci-fi in here holds up. Oh, yes. Um... Like the time machine. And he will play around with the time travel aspects in the next book, uh, oh, Speaker yeah. for the Dead. Big time. In a very cool way. Uh, but we'll talk about that book mm -hmm. later. But, yeah, I, I'm kind of agreeing with you, mm -hmm. uh, Luke. Um, yeah, at any rate, um, so where do we leave off? Uh, uh, Dink, Dink and Ender were maybe skinny dipping, but probably just wearing their uniforms and all. Floating around. Flo <laughs> floating around. Dink talks about his conspiracy theories. Yeah. I was going to say, well, once again, I think it shows Dink as kind of the guy that goes... Hey, screw the man. I don't care. Somebody yeah. named Dink yeah. definitely has you know, conspiracy it's, theories. It's one of those where he, he's showing, and I think reinforcing Ender's, uh, reinforcing Ender to not trust. Right. Hey, but, hey uh, man, it's you, all a game. But if you, yeah. It's true, but if you look at 70s even cinema, 70s into 80s cinema, dealing with uh, our military's role in the world, you look at Full Metal Jacket or Apocalypse Now or anything like that. that I mean, that's... The idea is that the military was like this bad organization that stripped people in it of their humanity and their feeling to be able to do the horrible things they did. And that's kind of what's being perpetuated here is that, mm -hmm. you know, when they're in this school, it's forbidden to talk about anything like family or anything that would anchor mm -hmm. you to any kind of you culture know, or cultural, human realities, yeah. anything that would give you empathy. You know, you're just being stripped to, to you know... Uh, your nakedness and and being mm -hmm. creating a warrior. You're creating Correct. a warrior. Correct. And so we jump to this point um, within the chapter where the launchies are still doing their little practice sessions. Yeah, even set. some of the older secret practice. Sessions. Well, even some well, of the not, older, even the older kids are. Point, yeah, no, the older kids are showing up and watching them. Oh, no, a couple I'm, of the older I'm, kids yeah, are I'm diving into it. Yeah, I'm thinking. And then a couple of the older kids show up to be bullies. Yeah. Yeah, it's it's older kids too. Which that are showing up. very Everybody. realistic. Yeah. Yeah, it's you're oh, doing oh hey oh hey this this is looking like they're they're the real deal and that they're cool. Let's show them that they're not nerds. <laughs> yeah. So they they hop in there, get their butts handed to them. The older kids do. Ender kicks the older kids' butts. Um, I like the just this description of the combat. It wasn't 
overly no all the stuff in nolo was great yeah yeah it was I one of those where it was i i enjoyed it and yeah just the kind of and now that you remind me of the word nolo i'm just gonna continue yeah and to it's, use it. it's described really well yeah, i think they it did is. Really, he does a really good job you know and so we get um, through this are we the, to the end the, of the older chapter? the older kids well we need to talk about this next yeah. scene because the older kids are embarrassed so Ender, you know, isn't supposed to go anywhere alone. Uh, you know, even his launches and some of the older kids have told him, you know, hey, these guys are going to be out to get you after you embarrassed them. He wakes up in like the middle of the afternoon after taking a nap and isn't thinking and goes to the shower. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Which uh, we have. You're mixing portions. I was going to say you're Am jumping I? way I'm sorry. Ahead, you're jump, so. you're yeah. jumping a few chapters. I would say he, 10 uh, after uh, you're, you're jumping yeah. after Dragon. Yeah, he's, he's not in charge yeah, of Dragon. He's, yeah, yet. he's not in charge of anything yet. This, he... All he sees at this point is other commanders. It's all the way. Oh, to you're right. You're right. You're right. This is yeah. this. Yeah. I'm thinking because my notes here. I'm thinking that. Yeah. yeah this you're is when he beats the, the older boys in the battle room. Yes. This yeah, is, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Yes. And, and all yes. he all he hears from other commanders, things like that, is, hey, we have some people that aren't training well with us. You're also gonna help train them. If you're not part of our army, you can help train them. Mm-hmm. You know, here these older guys will help you. You know, if other older kids show up, they'll beat them up, do whatever. I don't right. know. Yeah. I don't. What, what he does is he. Does what he always does, goes and plays his fairy tale game again. <laughs> and then it gets weird er. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yay. Yay. Um uh, but it's it's mainly I think what it's trying to say is that Ender is trying to get to terms or come to terms with the killer that mm-hmm. he's becoming. Because Ender by his nature has the ability to kill. Yeah. But is not comfortable doing. Doesn't see himself. Yeah, Tannis is a nice guy. He has yeah. and actually it's not that he's not co- He's not comfortable with killing after. Yeah, yeah he's he, right. he's yeah. fine with oh, he okay. again he's fine with it in the moment because this is what I have to do in order to survive now. Yeah, right. there's but he, remorse he, afterwards. There's remorse afterwards, but there's there's nothing but that very almost robotic feel in the moment. Right, is yeah. it's I you know I almost picture the old. Uh, you know, whether it's uh, BBC Sherlock or it's the old, or, or it's, you know, the American Sherlock or anything like that, where time slows down and all of a sudden he analyzes, like, the 15 moves in front of him right. and moves, the, like, the one piece over here and got, right. moves yeah. over there. At, and so it's very robotic as he's going right. through it. And then it gets to the end where it's it, it, it's almost a Hulk and Banner thing where it gets to the end, too, and it's like, oh, my God, what did I do? Right. Which, which we'll see by the end of this because that's exactly what he will do. Mm-hmm. He will destroy an entire race. Yeah. And it's a video game to him. And yeah. then af- at the end of it... He just blacks out. Well, he's just done. Well, well, then he's so remorseful that he, he becomes the speaker of the dead. It's in the synopsis. You know? I know. It's in the end. But yeah, it's uh, he becomes the speaker of the dead. And I could to try to atone for what yeah. he did. And I, we'll I talk about I could have done without the dream sequences. The game is enough yeah. for his psychology yeah. in the game. Yep. Him dreaming about the game was just one too many MacGuffins pushed off into That's me. That's the, we're mm. at 205 pages, we need this to 200. <laughs> so let's have a dream about, let's have a dream about him playing the game, and then he'll insert his brother into the game, and then there'll be more wolves, and... Well, it does, later on, I think in the next, in the next part, we'll talk a little mm. bit more about the dreams and what those dreams might mean. I agree. But hey, as we're kind of, like, hinting on, um, we're gonna wrap it up here at, uh, the end of chapter eight. Right. Um, so... It's us. Hi. Um, uh, we should be back soon. Uh, <laughs> it's the second half. We have to. We yeah, have to. Yeah, right. yeah, 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 you're right. If, if, if anything, from now on, our real episodes 
will be on time. It's just these bonus ones that, that we, we keep, keep hinting at and talking about. Uh, the, the, they're, the, they're coming. They're, they're, they're the coming. Issue, but yeah, we'll get to them. They're coming. Yes. Um, we even had plans to do Ender's Game, the movie. Uh, so, so who knows? <laughs> who knows? Maybe that bonus episode will Actually, come you know, out you know, you know what? Yeah, I, I think that's a good idea. I mean, yeah. with with how much fun the uh, Dragonlance movie was. Maybe watching well, Movies a, are too much fun. But yeah, maybe watching a uh, terrible movie will be fun. Yeah. So we've gotten to the point here where this is a good place for us, like you said, Luke. This mm-hmm. is a good place for us to cut this episode because these last couple chapters we're going to talk about in depth. We're going to talk about them in depth. They're huge. And, they're huge. and we make a huge jump here from the end of this chapter to the beginning of next chapter as far as who we're spending time with. We leave Ender Very alone true. for a little and bit. We haven't talked about uh, the brother and the sister for a long time. I've been on Valentine and Peter. Yeah, hey, you know, cha- eight chapters later, that's a good time for that. Yeah. Um, Those of uh, <laughs> you guys who are listening who were with us through the Red Rising uh, trilogy, go give that chapter nine another reread and see if anything pops out at you. Just Buckle say. up. <laughs> um, yeah, hey, uh, thanks for stopping by. Um, Ender's Game, uh, last little bit of sci-fi for a while. Um, right. We got a... Uh, we, well, part two coming, of course. We've got part two of this coming up, uh, maybe sprinkled in, but we're not promising anything. Uh, some movies, some movies. Uh, from the from the time machine. Blade Runner, God Blade help us. Runner. Blade Runner. Blade Runner. Uh, both hey, movies. Hey, hey, hey. Both Shout out to movies. February. Where you at? <laughs> um, I'm over here. <laughs> and so, yeah, uh, get those Blade Runner movies, time, time machine, machine movies, movies, Ender Ender's Game single movie. Um, I'm gonna and have to then it's on back to fantasy with a darker, shade, darker of magic. shade of magic, and then we kick off the summer of Lance Two electric, electric boogaloo, boogaloo, which is totally a thing now because I said it once. <laughs> and that is everything on our Facebook page will be billed as <laughs> electric it, boogaloo. Yes. So hang on. Synthwave stuff going. So Dragonlance, folks, you're st- if you're still with us, I hope you're still with us. We're coming back to Dragonlance. We're going to be jumping into that this summer. We're going to have more episodes more coming out. One more time. Sorry. Uh, <laughs> We're going to have more episodes coming out during the summer. We're I'll get back to taking rotation. pictures of my action figures. Uh, yes. For Please I do. About the Please do. I have, been, I have been slacking and doing these just like, I'm just going to grab tons of stuff off the internet and create stuff. Uh, but I I got to get those figures. Copyright free it's, stuff off the internet. Yeah, free stuff. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, yeah, royalty free. <laughs> royalty free uh, stuff. Uh, hey, we don't make no money. <laughs> so, so, hey, I tell you what. Thank you for coming to see us, folks. See us? Listen to us. Listen to us. Hey, go to the website, or no, excuse me, go to Facebook and see us. Uh, We'll post a couple pictures up there as we go through the second half of of Ender's Game. Come listen, share stuff on Facebook with us, talk to us, bring up stuff. You think we're wrong, you want to go, you want to dive more into into the Vietnam imagery? By all means, jump on Facebook, jump on Twitter, come talk to us. We want to hear from you. Uh, Hi, Luxembourg. Right. Well, I won't lie. I feel like Tavern Talk, I would like to be far more loaded with us responding to yeah. your guys' Yeah, and you know what? On, on, we, we have not been as active as we should be on social media, but no. you know, spring's weird for us, I guess. Spring is a yeah. little chaotic. Well, yeah. okay, we're like a bunch of kids, though, too. When you work in the education field, as spring comes, we all get punchy. Yeah. Uh, we, uh, we, you know, it's, it's, and oh, we live yeah. in the north, so when the sun comes out, we get off of uh, work, and we're just running... Like, 
like chickens with their heads cut off outside and just yeah. being crazy. when the when the snow melts, the maples come out, the young virgins come dancing through the fields of the Northland. The we get a little punchy. Starts to flow. Yeah. You start um, to find oh, the yard is full of silver coins. Oh, and there's grandmother. That's where she went. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you have to dewinterize your yard. You, <laughs> you got to take out the lawnmower and grease uh, it up. <laughs> hey, you know what? Thanks for stopping by. First part of Ender's Game. We will see you guys shortly for part two. Wrapping this up and moving on to some fantasy. Hey, I got the tip this time. Hey, honey, why don't you uh, why don't you fill me up that giant drink back there, and I'll take that for the road. I don't. Don't put Is your that head a in there. bugger in your pocket? Thank you for listening to this episode of Dungeons and Dweebs. There's even more adventuring to be had at our website, DungeonsandDweebs.com. We would love to hear from you. You can email us at dungeonsanddweebspodcast at gmail.com. You can also find Dungeons and Dweebs on Facebook, Twitter, and YouTube. Find all those links at dungeonsanddweebs.com. If you enjoyed the podcast, please help spread the word by leaving us a five-star review on iTunes. The music for Dungeons and Dweebs is Fatal Fight by Royalty Free Kings and can be found at their website, royaltyfreekings.com. Dungeons and Dweebs is a Tim Gilbert Media Production, copyright 2017, all rights reserved, and no part of the show can be reproduced, repurposed, or redistributed without the written permission of Tim Gilbert Media. Uh, uh, Ali and Ender have this really... <laughs> what? Oh, this Ali! Bit. No, no, this whole... The whole, last, the whole last that, bit was amazing. That was brilliant. I loved that. That was all of brilliant. it. All of it. So just um, off the rails. But I thought it was in good. the future. In the future, Bob and I will just be broadcasting alone from our bunker. Why did we have to stop that? But we I talked for half an hour about the fucking saddle on the time machine. <laughs> <laughs> I thought that was funny. Because, I mean, because that episode was done by now. <laughs> Where's the hammer? The hammer of carrots. When you need it, I'm taking the hammer out. So. It's a hammer and sickle. What's the, where's the sickle in this one? Ooh. <laughs>